my glasses are like fogging up. I'm burning up, and I want eyeballs to like and breathing heavily. Gonna, gonna impact the uh, recording. That actually uh, that happens to me when I wear a mask too. My glasses fog up like crazy because. I'm not sure if all masks are this way, but mine definitely doesn't have anywhere for the air to escape up the sides or the bottom. Maybe that's the way it's supposed to, and it just goes right up to the no, eye. That's how it is for most people. The only way I can stop it is if I lift my glasses up, put the mask above my nose here, and then drop the glasses. And they kind of hold it in place. That's a good idea. <clears throat> ah, okay. Is that the trick? That's yeah. a good trick. I like that. Life hack. Here we go! Well, I do seem to attract the scum of the earth. Yeah. That sounds about right. Watch <laughs> Boy, you are not ready. Pikachu! Do what you were born to do. You are a hero. Finishing this fight. We better get started with this thing because we've got a lot to talk about just right off right at the front here. This entire episode is going to be all about The Last of Us 2. And last week we gave our impressions. You can go listen to that if you want to keep it spoiler free. I think we did a good job of not telling really any major details. We kept it very vague. Um, I mean, you wouldn't have learned any more from our conversation than you would have from reading a quick review or something. So go and listen to that if you'd like something spoiler free. But for this week, if you haven't played it, and you're trying to avoid spoilers, you're going to have to skip this one because that's all this is about. Last of Us Part 2, our spoiler cast. We're going to dive into the story. We're going to talk about character deaths and major moments and and twists and all the different things that happen. So Genders. G- gender Sexual reveals. orientations. <laughs> gender reveal it's stuff. It's ma'am. It's <laughs> why, why, ma'am. Why, why, Oh, my gosh. Why, the guy why, from GameStop. I mean, the lady from GameStop. The late, yes. My bad. Um, it's anyway. ma'am. So anyway, you would have you would have fallen victim to his uh, outrage. Or oh, he would have he would have just now pummeled me right. In. I mean, she would have pummeled me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> trying to be sad. We're joking here. There's a she. We get it. She's saying she's a she. It's, you know. Yeah, it's ma'am. Transgender. It's... Listen to the show. They would have been offended uh, hey, years listen, ago. You never know. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna see a petition with some signatures on it to remove Derek from the show. I do not care. Yeah. Anyway, so you've you've been warned. We're going to jump right in pretty quickly, so I'll give you 10 more seconds to turn this episode off if you do not want to be spoiled on The Last of Us Part 2. I mean, it's going <laughs> to literally be the title of the show, so it's I think we can stop. Yeah, I think we can stop warning them. If they, like, blindly double-click and go, <laughs> I was spoiled. I, we can I want you to name All right, it let's something. do let's do one more wave of warnings. Here we go. Oh my god! <laughs> I want you to name it something else. Like I want you to name it like uh, I don't know, review of Teletubbies season one or something like <laughs> something not last. And then they click on it. They're like, oh no, I thought it was about Teletubbies. That's gonna reveal a lot about the folks who were actually interested in hearing a Teletubbies review. That's that says a lot about those individuals. Yep. Um. All right. So this game just came out over a week ago. So it's yes. it's been out long enough for a lot of people to play it through to the end for me it was just barely enough time just it's been a very busy week but i did end up finishing it so i'm curious for starters how long did it take you guys your initial run through did you happen to glance at the time for me it rounded out at 28 total hours to get this thing finished and again i went after a lot as tons of corners i did tons of exploring and admittedly doing stealth in almost every situation slows you down 
by a good amount. So minus 28 hours, what'd you guys do? I was a little over 26 hours um, on my first playthrough. I am definitely going faster on my second playthrough. I'm already past the halfway point and I'm at just 12 hours. Okay. And so I'm you... still scouring. It's more I know what I'm doing and yeah. I know where I'm going because the first playthrough I did get lost sometimes. Like, what, where am I going? Or did I already go here? And I would backtrack. Sure. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> Dan, what about you? How long yeah, it was you? a it was a little over 24 for me. Yeah, so. I think that's generally people say it's the low 20s um, for a first time playthrough, which probably would be true if I would have been less picky about not being seen. I really wanted to like I, it was so satisfying to get through areas yeah. and not be seen to stealth as much as possible. And sometimes you open up to the firefight, it's like screw it, I'm killing everybody, I don't care, I'll just restock all my stuff when I can. But I, I also liked being able to sneak through some areas without being seen at all. I didn't even have to fight anybody. If you time it right, you can get through some areas and not even engage. And as you pass them, they're like, where'd they go? How'd they get past us? Like, you can tell that, you know, you got through that part successfully. So anyway. That's some real ninja stuff, Tim. It is ninja-y, but it does take longer. Um, and if you're picky about it, then uh, you might have to reset some encounters, things like that. But anyway, it, 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 for me, it was more of as long as I'm still having fun, I'm okay with doing it this way. Um, certain in certain scenarios, I was like, that's kind of a chore to try to stealth this one. I'm just going to start sniping people and start a fight here. So I, I did approach a few. I think that's why I would say, before we jump into spoilers, this is probably my favorite game when it comes to gameplay. I would say like Horizon Zero Dawn, stuff like that's pretty close. But it's because you can do both. Like I've never been really good at stealth, but you don't have to be amazing at stealth to at least pull off stealthing part of it yeah and then and then to go into full combat like blowing people away you can ease into that you can do whatever it, it leaves all the options open and that's yeah. probably why it's honestly my favorite game of all time to play most sections start off with not a lot of people around you but as you progress through that environment there's like more people start funneling funneling in from behind so then obviously to make it more challenging as you're progressing so. plus let's let's give a shout out this is totally resident evil style gameplay like <laughs> as far as like it's all about survival and managing your 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 uh, bullets your ammo and all that so that's another reason why i like it. it's very very stressful and i enjoy that about resident evil and genuinely at times <clears throat> scary like genuinely like oh, oh yeah, yeah. There was a few times in this game where I was like, I don't want to go in here. Towards the end of the game, going into the hospital. Oh, like, yeah, dude. The, ho oh, yeah. the hospital was yeah. like the boiler room from the first game times a million. It was, oh, yeah. That was the scariest part of the first yeah. game, I thought, was the boiler room under the hotel. The and uh, garage with the ambulance. Like, you knew there's something in there. but Dude, that whole yeah. sequence building up to that, uh, it was <laughs> it was fantastic, but it was also yeah. scary. It was, it oh. I, got, I got Resident Evil vibes, vibes there, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, all right, so here we go. Let's just jump right into a couple of different things I wanted to ask you guys about. You might have questions too, but I am curious right out of the gate, overall thoughts on the way they split this game in half between two main characters to control. Obviously, the one everyone already knew about is Ellie, mm -hmm. and you knew she was on some kind of quest of revenge, and I think anyone with a, with a brain on him knew Joel was going to get killed for what he did. <gasps> by somebody we all knew that was going to happen and she and we saw the previews of her plan of of ellie on some kind of quest i was like she's going to find whoever killed joel obviously and so that's truly that's definitely what happened and so that's the first half of the game and then it shifts gears and it puts you in the shoes of the person that i think a lot of us kind of in our very black and white good versus evil world we want 
we want there to be a villain to hate and this okay. this villain is just evil and we hate this person and that that's kind of who they are at first but then they get they put you in that person's shoes and that's abby and they allow you to relive some of the days that ellie was already in seattle so some of those events coincide so real quick real quick really quick what do you guys think about the way they split the game into half like that i would say at first like <clears throat> when it happened because uh when you get to the middle of the game with with ellie there's a cut scene with abby like they basically collide it feels and, like the final moment of the yeah, story. yeah it feels like the final moment of the story and that was why and i was being very vague in all my posts in the group but i was like I i've got to finish this game i've got to finish this game because i need to know what the heck they're gonna do here i need to finish that cut scene that they cut off and great you, cliffhanger too she points yeah. the gun at ellie and says we let you live and you wasted it and i, was, I thought that was a great line first and, of all. and then it goes and black then, and you hear a yep. shot fire so yeah. Uh, so anyway, so when that happened and then they switched to Abby, I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is very interesting. Now I will say this, I was, I was aware of some of the spoilers, but I didn't know if they were real. So meaning yeah. like before the big like announcement that spoilers had leaked, I had saw okay. like comments and stuff and about a transgender character. I saw that, uh, Dina was going to die and stuff like that. And so I was like, okay. So I'm it was late. all mixed in. Yeah, so I was like waiting for Dina to die, and then I was like, "Oh, she almost know. did several times." Yeah, and then that so as, as mm -hmm. I'm seeing Abby in the game, I'm like, "Oh, you're the transgender character," and so then you take over the transgender character, and you realize she's not transgender. So like, it, 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 like a lot of these like she's definitely not. She's just one absolutely jacked, yeah. ridiculously jacked female. So as I was playing it, I was like, oh, man, I really don't want to play as Abby. Like, not because I'm anti-transgender. I was like, I have no interest in playing with this character. But that's kind of, and this is, I, again, I hope when people listen to me, they hear that I'm authentic. Like, I'm not a Sony pony. I'm not any of that. And that's, that's to me, the genius of this game. And I don't watch interviews from Neil, from Neil Druckmann. So I'm not quoting any of these guys. I don't know what they've said when they designed this game. But as I've played it and then gone back to it a second time, which the second time is helping me because, like I've said before, I watch other characters in a scene or I watch or I pay attention more when I know something's coming so I can see the genius of the writing, how they've, how they've hinted at this stuff. Like, for instance, uh, it is a spoiler, but it's a spoiler fast. Dina's pregnant. But when I first found out she was pregnant, I was like, okay. Like, they just kind of threw it at you. No, no. If you go back, there's yeah. like six times where she's like, I'm exhausted. Yes. See, Especially like, right before. Yeah. And you go, well, Derek, she threw up. Yeah, but I thought she threw up because she was exhausted. I didn't think she or, threw or up. Or grossed out by the horse ripped in the pit. Yeah, that was, well, that was yeah. the part where and she Just the stress up. of it. Just really the culmination of everything yes, going on. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So at first I was like, oh, they're just doing this because uh, I thought they were just like trying to show you that it was realistic that Dina's not used to this, whereas Ellie's a little more used to a mm. journey like this. Yeah, uh, yeah. But anyway, so the point I was trying to make, I didn't want to play with Abby. But the genius of it is that they make you do it because clearly the writers, and I'm just going to say Neil Druckmann, wanted to wanted us to experience a game where in the beginning, and again, this is where I think a lot of players are missing this. 
that it is black and white. Ellie and Joel are the good guys. I'm not saying they're actually good. I'm saying he wants you to love them and remember them from the first game. And so therefore you're on their side and you're yeah. literally controlling Ellie. And then he's painting this picture of Abby and her crew are disgusting. Not only did they kill Joel in a terrible way, but then they also like, for instance, Manny like spits on Joel and curses him. Yeah, I mean, they're they're absolutely garbage is what they're showing you. And, and then now, there is a confrontation with, is it Nora? And she's the one who just mom. taunts Ellie like, yeah, he was screaming like and got what he deserved. And I was like, dude, yeah. she's evil. This was yeah. still before I had, obviously we knew why they killed him, I think, by that point. Or at least I had yeah. assumed why they had killed him. Yeah. But I still didn't care. I was like, this is, they're yeah. the worst. Yeah. So they they continued throughout Ellie's journey to make sure, and, and I think the confrontation with Jordan, the kid who was sliced on the face, he still came off as a just straight-up bad guy. So as far as I was concerned, for the entire first half of the game, they were the bad guys. I don't care if they had reasons or not. They're all evil, and I want Ellie to kill them. I was 100% beside, or behind Ellie on this vengeance quest that yeah, she was yeah, on. Yeah. And that's that's what I believe Neil wanted. That's what they wanted. Yep. And then you take over Abby. And even if you end up going, no, Derek, I hated Abby. Abby's a terrible character. You still get to see her and that group and what they represent in a different light. So, again, even if you don't like them, you realize that they weren't doing this because they're just terrible people. In fact, one of the first things you do is when you take over Abby – you end up do- going on a mission with Mel, who was there, and Manny, who was there when they killed Joel. And Mel is disgusted with Abby. And there's other reasons that you find out why she would dislike Abby. But the main thing is she did not like what she saw w- happen with Joel. Like, she, she thought they disgusted. were going to go and just kill him. She didn't know it was going to be a yes, complete horror show. They didn't just kill him. Or it was it was basically Abby. It was mainly Abby. Yes. Um, she shot. She shotguns him in the leg, right, right mm-hmm. in the thigh, and then they suture him, which just almost so... blows his leg off. If you yeah. see them dragging him over, his legs almost they, off. They kind of like try to like stop the bleeding, so like he doesn't just die right there because she she wants to torture him. Right. She wants to murder slowly, like torture him with a gun. Well, and and then she has one. What I think is one of the most iconic lines of this whole game, and I think they'll use it. We'll see it elsewhere, and that is, "You stupid old man, you don't get to rush this." Yeah. yeah, like yeah, that yeah. was a bone-chilling yeah. line. Like I, I, that was yeah. really, that really good. Moment, but that whole moment, I felt like just a part of me drain out of my body, to be honest. Yeah. And it's yeah. like you don't get to see it from beginning to end, like completely. But like you, but you know what happened. You just the the yeah. right when they go in the room and they're surrounding him, and you know because like prior to that, like you can just tell leading up to it, she's having a conversation with Owen, one of the guys that's. Was it the WLF, right? Yeah. yeah They're WLF, which is well, like... Well, they were uh, originally Fireflies, right? They yes. they were two people X-Files. directly in the hospital when he did yeah. what he did. Yeah, yeah. Should, should we should we kind of like maybe arch that over? Like, Go for it. And go we for are, it we're going to go to the beginning, but... You can go for it. And I do, want, I do want to also hear, Dan, your, your point of view from... What do you think about the way they split this game up from kind of a 30,000 uh, uh, feet up view down at the game now that you've played it yeah. all what do you think about the way they split it in half and then also at the end i guess you could call it the epilogue where you control both ellie and abby somewhat briefly anyway yeah, what do yeah. you think about the way they split the game up so I, I i guess i certainly wasn't anticipating it um yeah neither was i and then when it when it did happen i was kind of annoyed probably because i wanted to know if ellie was okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah and yeah. um and i guess it kind of stems back to when we were doing our book club for the first one the camp that you fall in with 
Joel, either you do think he's a bad guy, so in your head it it makes sense, you feel like what Abby does is justified, or you you think, you know what, Joel has done bad things, but he's not a bad person. He cares about this girl. It's like a daughter to him, so I'm okay with what he did in that hospital. Mm. So when Abby murders him viciously and slowly with a golf club, you still don't care about after having played her whole storyline. And I definitely feel there was definitely some emotions towards the end of her storyline with Lev. And um, 100% there were. Uh, yeah. Oh, what's the sister's name? I forget the sister's Yara. name. Yara. Yara, yeah. I, yeah. I definitely was starting to feel more compassionate towards like them together. Yeah. But even after having finished and done everything, I'm sorry. I still I still am all on Ellie's side. What like, if I you just... had started Last of Us Part 1 with the knowledge and being able to watch Joel massacre an entire building of people just because yeah. they wanted to find a cure and it was going to cost the life of someone that, that he cared for? Would you still think of him in that same light or would you think of him in the same way like, wow, what a selfish monster? And, well, just, and, then, so and then you go on a journey with Joel and Ellie. And well, it's the, interesting now having all of this extra in- information because you see what happens prior to her surgery. You see what happens, the conversation that Marlene has. She right? doesn't want Marlene, this. Marlene. They even changed yeah. the way you see Marlene because Marlene yeah. in the first one is very cold, cold and doesn't give a crap, yet yeah. she's the one pleading with the doctor to be understanding that. That's what I That's what, what I had, this is daughter? What that's if what this I had said happy? because yeah. the thing is for me is Joel is like, wait a minute, you're going to do what? Like, no, this is not a, this is not okay. And Marlene's like, we're doing this. Yeah. Escort him out of here. If he does anything funny, kill him. So obviously having now this new information and she was also kind of like, where Joel's at, like, no, I don't really. I mean, she's like a daughter to me, so. Yeah, she's heartbroken, uh, but here's the difference: is Marlene is ready to make the big sacrifice. Yes. Knowing it's probably going to haunt her personally, but potentially save mankind. And Joel wasn't willing to make that sacrifice. But the for issue better, for, for me, better or worse. The issue for me with that though is like, I kind of feel like they. So obviously, right before they bring him into the hospital, technically Ellie's unconscious anyways because of that situation they were just in, and like in the water, she was like kind of half drowning. Right. Um, so she's not aware of really what the surgery means, but Correct. I feel like it. For me, it, I, for me, I think it's okay for Joel to go and kill all of them because technically they were gonna kill him because if he didn't leave, they were just like, well, just kill this guy. And um, so just leave. And she also wasn't aware. She didn't get to make the choice. She probably would have definitely said, yeah, like, do what you need to do to me. But yeah, but then maybe her and Joel could have had a moment where she tells him this needs to happen, that whole deal, yeah. right? But I'm saying, like, they forced – they technically forced the situation right. because she's not even aware. She's not conscious to even make the choice. They're just like, yeah, we're going to just crack this girl's skull open and do what we need to do. Yeah. Well, we talked Which, about this last time, too, yeah. where Marlene drastically underestimated – the human connection Joel yeah. was going to make. As far as right. she knew, Joel was a cold-hearted, doesn't connect really with anybody. Yeah. I mean, Tess was the person he was closest with, and even with her, he was pretty cold at times. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think she ever anticipated this guy is going to grow a father-daughter attachment with right. this girl. So yeah, yeah. when she said escort him out, she was just trying to be cautious. I think if she had any inkling of how yeah, close yeah. <laughs> they were, she would have been like, tie him up until this is over. Like yeah, keep him yeah, locked yeah. in this room. Yeah. Hands behind his back, so this is over. But yeah, but she yeah, didn't. So I'm still, I'm still on Ellie's side, to be honest with you. So, well, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. And my my reaction, to, the reason I asked that question is because my reaction to now that I've seen the entire story from start to finish, and who knows what they'll do if there's a part three, what that'll be like. But 
as far as we are aware of the story uh, from start to finish, I don't have a side because I don't think there's really sides in this. I think you have survivors who are both overall pretty good people who have made some pretty bad, in some cases, maybe even evil decisions that are pretty selfish. It's right. to satisfy some selfish thing that they want. Of Joel course. wants Ellie to survive no matter what. It's Abby wants her revenge for her dad's death no matter what. They, they both are driven, but they're both these kind of anti-heroes that we just saw what they did in different orders. Like if we had controlled Abby for the whole first game and then finally got to go get revenge on the guy that killed her dad, we would have been on her we, side. We, yeah, we would have been rooting for Well, her. that's the thing. We don't really know the dad, right? He's in the game for like less than five minutes. Correct. So. But from what we do know of him, a good dude who's a doctor who has the knowledge and skill set to potentially create a cure with the right resources sure. in his hands. So, but can I just say something about the dad yeah. though? Yeah. Um, a guy walks into the room with a gun, and you pull a scalpel, a scalpel on him. You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Don't put bring a knife <laughs> to a gunfight, guy. Like That's he, fair. He's walking in with a gun. He's gonna take the girl. Your scalpel isn't gonna do anything. So. Yeah, the smart move there was to yeah. let him take him. And so, do your, do, try to try to survive that, and yeah. then maybe try to sound the alarm. Smart somehow. to tie that in that way, though. Yeah, yeah, that that made it much more personal. So yeah. I, I think that's the the other thing that was good about the game. And at first, when I was playing it, I was like, I don't know if I like them doing this, but they did a lot of backtracking to fill in the holes of The Last of Us. Like it wasn't like really holes as far as like when you play The Last of Us, you're like, this game's incomplete. Correct. It's more like once you're in the sequel and you're learning about like it's more to explain why Joel and Ellie aren't as close as they used to be because it it kind of explains how the cliffhanger cliffhanger or kind of cliffhanger of the first one where it's like I never really believed that Ellie believed Joel. I Same. never. Right. Yeah. She always right. had a question. Yeah. Yes. I think she was just like, I know he's lying. And that's why, again, the game then shows you two years later, she goes, okay, I'm going to prove he's lying. Yeah. For or two I'm years. Hoping he I'm lied for her for two, to, to her for two years. Yeah. yeah. That's going to affect the relationship, no matter what relationship. So they, they did a good job. I won't jump into it too much because I think we should start from the beginning of the game. But like, uh, but the point is, is I, they do go in and like fill in the gaps. And that was what this game was all about. It was filling in the gaps of Joel and Ellie's relationship, where it was from the end of The Last of Us to four years later. It yeah. was to fill in the gaps of like the end as far as who Marlene was, who the doctor was, and who, who all these new characters were and how. Here's another genius thing. We go in, we walk, or we, we control Joel, and we kill all these people, and then he leaves, and they get in end of the first one is Joel and Ellie are now happy, right? They're moving on. Well, the second one is like, hey, let's show you what happened to all the people's lives and all their family members that these people impacted in a negative way. These good characters that you like, this is the lives they destroyed. Yeah. So I, again, I think it's great that they did this. Uh, um, I appreciate the story that they're telling. Like, I, I really don't get a lot of the, the online pushback. And we don't have to get into this because this is about this story and being a spoiler for it. But I just, I haven't understood it. I haven't really fought with anybody because I've just been like, dumb people are dumb. And you trying to explain away their dumbness doesn't do anything. Yeah. But I my point in sharing this is I don't get why people can't see the genius in this story. I'm not saying right. it's perfect. I'm not saying everything was executed flawlessly. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but a lot of the stuff I've seen questioned, like Joel would have never fallen for that. And I'm like, I can explain that away in about two seconds, even without Neil Druckmann's explanation, which he explains in like a spoiler cast where he says, uh, hey, Joel's been in a safe place for four yeah. years, blah, blah, His blah. guard is cautious. Okay, so I, I, I believe that. I believe that does yeah. change your personality a little bit, but you still have your instincts. They still went out and, and hunted, infected, and all that. So he still has his instincts. The actual story, the way it plays out, explains it. Like, how many, t- how many times could Tommy and Joel question Abby when they're being constantly yeah. um, bombarded like by it, infested? Yeah. And in fact, at the moment, they weren't the safe story, until they were in that. That's resort. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's a part where they're like at where their horses are. And they were going to stay there, but then they realized the door's not going to hold. And that's when Abby's like, hey, there's a place with my friends. It's blah, blah, blah. We can make it. Yeah. That's why they went there. They didn't go there because they're like, hey, she's trustworthy. And then you go, okay, well, then why did they save her? It was th- we had this or die. It was this or die, basically. Yeah, it, well, yeah, it's another person that has a gun who can help like us exactly. collect, you know, collaborate together to so get out of the I, situation. I don't yeah. understand some of the beefs that I'm seeing online where, like, this is poorly written. How is well, it not written? Well, I, mean, I would... Go ahead, Dan. What were we going to say? <laughs> I was going to say there's two reasons, Derek. One is the people that throw out the words like SJW and pandering and blah, blah, blah. This, there's just those people who are going to be skeptical about anything. Okay, and then right. there's the people that just are furious, 10 out of 10 levels of furious about Joel being killed. They didn't want him yeah. to be killed, and they hate when characters it, are killed and they love. It had to yeah. happen. It's, I, it's I, like, I would say this too. I wanted Joel to die, and I love Joel. <laughs> Yeah. I love Joel. He's one it's, of my favorite. It's kind of like how my wife doesn't like Breaking Bad, because to her, there's no redeeming characters, or there's very few. So she doesn't like the show because it's like, well, oh, there's a redeeming character. Oh, now they're dead. There's another redeeming yeah. character. Oh, now they're dead. So, That's like, true. there are people that just don't like when there's a character that you care about. They they want them to, to make it in the end, and when they don't, then to them it's just equals bad story. That's bad, lazy writing. And it's like, That's no, true. it's not. You're just angry because that character's gone. So. Well, yeah. I do think... I, I would and- agree with Daniel. In uh, Joel and Tommy's defense, when they arrive with that group, not only were they running for their lives, that was a long sequence of trying to survive yeah. them. It wasn't so stressful, too. They're exhausted, they're stressed, they're just barely surviving. They also are armed and yep. they have each other. Yep. And this person helped them just like they helped her. So she didn't say they, how many friends either. She didn't. She said, My friends, but they just yeah. needed to survive. So there's that. But also, they have run into people who are purely sadistic and cannibals and horrible (laughs) people. And these clearly, when they saw them, they could tell this is not who they are. They actually, in my mind, their guard came down, not only because it's been a while since they've really been out and interacting with a lot of people, but I think they have a good vibe with, okay, these are pretty normal people. And as we learn later, Abby and crew, they're pretty normal people. They're not sadistic and evil. They were just happened to be out for revenge against Joel. He just didn't know that. So yeah. I think I think they read the room, they read the situation, and they read it correctly in one respect, and that is, yeah, these aren't, this isn't a bunch of bad people. The problem is you are the target. That's the yeah. problem. <laughs> and, wrong and place, they wrong actually, time. they actually, well, Joel did. He picked up on it pretty fast. You go, well, he picked up on it after he got shot. No, I mean he saw. He was like, no, Wait, he goes, seems like he hasn't heard of us before. Yeah, he saw yeah. the the shift in the way everybody was reacting. In fact, like that was one of the cool things. And if you guys go back for a second playthrough, which I'm sure at some point you will, 
watch Abby the whole time. The entire time they rescue Abby, I only yeah. watched her. I did not watch Joel and Tommy. And the first time I was She's playing looking at game, them a lot. Yes, I was I was watching Joel and Tommy. That was my focus. But as I watched Abby's expression, she's like at one point when she's when they're in the room with the, the horses, she's just staring at Joel like this. Like, yeah. oh my God, it's him. Oh my she God, can't believe that he fell right in her lap. Yeah, of yes. all the places to, yeah, she's out there alone yeah. because she ran, ran off ran because Owen wasn't going to help. So and that was interesting too, I thought. Owen's like, all right, we've made it to this area where the lead took us, but we can't, we're not sure we're going to find it. He does kind of spot the city. He takes her to see it, and I think it was in hopes of her saying, okay, let's go, because it's going to be yeah. suicide to try to take anyone in this city. Look at this place. It's fortified. Yeah, yeah. There's tons of people. They're armed. And... The, and she you could tell she kind of is desperate, like, well, we'll just catch a patrol and we'll essentially torture them and telling us and somehow we'll lure them out. And you can tell she's grasping the straws. There isn't yeah. a great plan to get someone out of this thing or to get in well, there to sneak around together. When she mentions that, that also gives you a little bit of insight on, like, how that group works. And it's specifically Owen, because when she says that, when she talks, like, we'll get the information and he knew what she meant, he was just like... He looked at her in almost disgust, like, are yeah. you serious? Like, right. that's really a dumb plan and really right. stupid. And yep. he wasn't saying that because he thought that the plan was impossible. It was because he was like, this that's not us. And, yeah. and when you actually see Joel dying, it's actually Owen that's pushing everybody away from Ellie because he's like, this isn't us. And what Tommy, too. He's like, we're not here for these two. Yeah, yeah, we're only here for Joel, and I didn't even want it to go down like this. I mean, honestly, went... Owen's one of the few just t totally good people in the whole... No, um, yeah. the Spanish yeah. dude. Yeah, he's good. He's a good dude for the most part, but, you know, he does yeah. spit on he, a dead body. Fanny, but... Fanny, well, right, no, but I'm saying, like, during, yeah, during her story, I, he was actually, when he, when he dies, I was like, oh, that's kind of... Oh, I... I had the opposite reaction. When the bullet went in the back of the head, I was like, ooh, good, Manny. <laughs> I, like, I kind of liked him. I wasn't strongly attached, but I also didn't hate him. But um, yeah, I think Owen, as cheesy as he could be in some of those flashback scenes especially, I found myself really liking him. He's one of the few truly positive, like honestly good people in this whole thing. There's flashes of real goodness and selflessness from Ellie and from Dina and from everybody else, but the really the only truly good person i guess dina's in that well, boat too a little I mean, bit he's but. with mel technically and then sleeps with yeah, i mean he's a whole no, no, nothing wrong with that there daniel <laughs> no, no okay <laughs> what i'm saying is he's not totally a, a no, no no it's not a matter of being an angel it's more a matter like we can talk about that scenario as well i, I do find that that was a, a relationship that, if it weren't for the pregnancy, would have been over already. Well, sure. Me, right. He was—he's clearly not in love with Mel. But I that's, guess I'm that's looking at it from like a, you know an actual civilized scenario as opposed to like it's a post-apocalyptic and it's like <laughs> yeah. eh, I actually do care about you, but then I like knocked up this chick and blah blah blah. Yeah, so. yeah. I think well, it's one of those. Abby like, pushed him away, so he was like exactly. Right, yeah. He's yeah. always been in love with Abby. She and Mel knows it too. Mel's. Totally. That's why she called out Abby. She's like, yeah. I hate you, you disgusting bitch, you know, basically. Yeah. Um, because she knew that her man was in love with her. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so we can, if we want to, go back to the beginning. And Let's do we don't, that. We don't have to do, like, step by step. That would take us 17 hours to go through every single story Let's beat. Do it. <laughs> but working from the beginning, it does. it's winter time to start with instead of winter time towards the end, like the last game, which I thought was interesting. Um, and... And it just kind of reintroduces the game to you using uh, whether it's 
really for Joel, it's just a little bit of horseback riding at the very beginning. That's all, all you really control him Which for. Which is gorgeous, by the way. Which was a really pretty way to start the game. We already talked yeah. about our impressions of the visuals last week, but holy smokes. Dan, when you get your TV, do I some <laughs> replaying of this thing. It's yeah, I'm waiting so, to replay so it. Yeah, yeah, I'm waiting to replay until I get the new TV. So. Okay, yeah, it's so pretty. Um, but then you get to use Abby for a little bit. You wake up, brand new character. You don't know who these people are. You weren't sure what was going to happen. I had a bad feeling about who they were when I first yeah. introduced them, but I wasn't positive. Um, but anyway, uh, you kind of get some tutorial stuff from them, and then eventually the whole thing goes down with Joel, with him getting killed, Ellie trying to save him, but she's... I mean, even if they hadn't done that final hit with the golf club to his head to, to finish him off, he was dead, right? He was, was he? Pretty, I mean, his I leg think he was, was in really rough shape, but I mean, oh, no, no, I don't know, he, he was already he dead. Died. I just he mean, like, gone. he was on death's door, there was no saving him at that point. Like, nah. all like, he could that, do is if, if she had left him to bleed out and lay there in pain, he still would have died. Doesn't matter. So, sure. that last hit, this is going to sound crazy, and maybe it's me defending a character who I now really like and Abby, I don't know, but that last hit almost was a mercy to finish him off. Mm. I'm just saying, um, because she had just been beating him in ways that wouldn't kill him before that. A little right. splurt of blood on that last, it just, uh, it just, it was, yep, it was that rough. was it. Yeah. It was rough. I actually had similar kind of gut punch feeling when, than when I watched, I don't watch it anymore, but I used to watch a lot of Walking Dead and there's a yeah. classic scene with Negan and certain characters that you grow to love Okay. over seasons and it just, you get that same kind of gut-wrenching ugh moment. Um, the difference well, there is, is that that one's a little more sadistic. This one was, as it turns out in the end, this is going to sound horrible. It made more sense in the rage that was there. Sure. So, well, yeah, There's a explain, reason for they it. explain it, yeah. I, I would say, as, and I, I made a joke post in our group, like, well, not a joke post, but I, I basically said that I never get, or maybe I said it on last week's podcast. I think that's what I did. I never get emotional, really, with games because I know they're games. Same thing with, like, if I'm watching a movie or something like that. I'm like, I don't, I don't really care. It's you don't want to get on my level. You don't like being emotional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like being heterosexual and being sure a man. Sure you do. Sure you do. Um, but basically, uh, when, I was watching Joel, <laughs> when I was watching Joel uh, suffer, I, uh, I I got shaken a little bit. Like I was oh, like, yeah. like Sasan likes to say, I was literally shaking. I was literally shaking. <laughs> <laughs> but like I was like I was I was watching this and I was like, okay, I knew Joel was gonna die. Not from any spoilers, just. I knew he was going to die. Now, I will say this before I elaborate on that. I thought going into to it that the whole story was going to be based around Ellie falling in love with Dina and then Dina being murdered and then Ellie going after him. And then Joel was going to actually join uh, her later on. And, and somehow die on the quest and, or whatever. Because if, if you remember in the – I know Daniel doesn't watch this stuff. but I saw that one trailer, yeah. There was a trailer where Joel goes, you didn't think I would leave you or something like you it's let me do I'm this by the hand, the hand goes over her mouth, and then yeah. they reveal when she turns around because she's like, what are you doing here? Yeah. And it shows Joel, yeah. but in the game, it's not Joel. It's Jesse. Exactly. Jesse. <laughs> So, exactly so they mislead you so what that's a misdirection what, yes <laughs> which by the way this is why i love the internet somebody actually commented and said that they felt like they the trailers misled them and that sony should be ashamed of themselves <laughs> i just want to make oh, sure absolutely. you guys know that see that's like, idiotic but nothing is more idiotic than the petition to make naughty dog remake the story of last of us 2 
Any petition is stupid, Tim. The dumbest thing I've ever seen. Maybe not any, but any that says Misleading. I'm like, I I even wrote, I was like, that's the whole point is to mislead you. So you were surprised when you you want them to tell you the whole story in the trailer? Idiots. But they kind of did with the first trailer, though, to be honest. Because when she's sitting on the bed and she looks up and, or I think he, I think he actually does speak before she looks up and says what she says. I think he says something like, something kiddo, because he calls her kiddo. And then she's like, I'm going to make them all pay. And yeah. she's just like, her hands are all It does look up. like it's about someone else, yeah. yeah. So I thought it was Dina that was going to die. So point being is I was a little caught off guard when it was happening. I'm like, oh my God, I thought Joel would die, but I honestly thought that was going to be an end thing. Like he joins yeah. her on the journey. They go, they kill Abby, but in the, or whoever the villain was at this time. But I thought Joel would then die. So I'm going to tag on to that real quick. I thought they were going to capture him and Ellie was going to go try to save him. I thought they were going to capture him and Tommy or maybe leave Tommy there almost dead. And she would – whatever. I thought maybe Tommy would die. I thought Joel would be alive for most of the game and die towards the end. That's kind of what I was thinking. Um, But then when they all stood up and there was just this ominous feeling, I was like, they're going to kill him right away in this game. You could just tell. They're going to kill him right away. Oh, yeah. Then they did. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, the point is they executed that scene. I'm going to say flawlessly because they were able they executed to it. All right. Oh, yeah. they, they pushed, <laughs> they pushed some emotions, no tears or anything, but there was more like, Oh my gosh, man. It, it, this, I had to take a moment. I did. Yeah, I had one to of my favorite like, yeah. characters. And then the way they nail it, like Ellie, like screaming, you can feel her anger and rage. So I always, I, I'm a naturally angry person. So when I'm watching stuff like that, I'm like, I want to, fucking kill the, abby right now the, like, that's my sense, right the sensation my t- of the audio going out right that like yeah. that that just yeah, that yeah. noise where she's not even actually hearing what they're yeah. saying because they want to kill her but then somebody's trying to stop them and she's just hearing like the yeah the white Which noise really cool i was dude i was grinding my teeth i didn't realize that till my jaw after that scene was over and things kind of calmed down i was like my jaw hurts because i i was so tense i was like yeah. grinding my teeth together I was right there with you, man. It's cool that yeah. when you go back and play as Abby, you get to hear everything they said, the whole conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but anyways, the point is, they to me, they nailed it. Like, I yeah. loved the way they killed Joel. I don't feel like they disrespected him. I think he got the death he deserved, especially with the way the story explains it. You totally get it. Um, I think that part they nailed that scene if they if they could kill him any better i honestly couldn't imagine it i mean so, i disagree a little bit I, I was gonna disagree too but you go ahead dan well like because uh, they again they torture him whereas like he technically just shoots the doctor want just to get him out of the way so i don't i don't think it's totally equal but like i mean i get Again, she's, well, a, young, she's a younger person who's angry and wants to torture him, you know? Exactly. Remember, when he killed the doctor, he wasn't killing the doctor because he had some vengeance against the doctor. He was just well, like, right. you're in my way. Yeah, exactly. This is a totally different thing for Abby. Abby's like, uh, you're not in my way. You you're, wrecked my world. You're, yeah. You've destroyed yeah. everything that I love. No, no, so I get that. I just don't think, and I think the game actually addresses this. I don't think it was a death that really anybody deserves. I think a bullet to the head, maybe the gunshot to the leg, letting him know who you are and that this is what, this is why we're doing this or something would have made sense, I suppose. And then a bullet to the head would have made the most sense and would have made Abby a little more sympathetic earlier on for me when I finally took over. But I couldn't get out of my head the idea that she wanted him to not bleed out too fast. She wanted him to feel it. That was rough. That was really rough. But I think the game addresses that. As the game goes on, she's racked with guilt 
She doesn't really want to talk about it, whether it's someone like Mel or, as you mentioned earlier, Dan, this new character, actually a former Scar or a Seraphite, as they call themselves, yep. um, named Lev. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, yeah, Lev basically just asks, like, well, how many have you killed? Have you ever tortured anybody? And she just doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah. And they're like, why are you doing this? And I love the line. She actually goes, it's out of guilt. I need to lighten the load. So she's yeah. feeling the guilt of what she did. Yeah. I think she knows it wasn't right. I think she yeah. was overwhelmed with, like, look, if you've ever been betrayed, like really betrayed by somebody, and we don't have to get into our own personal stories, but if you've ever been betrayed, and again, I'm not talking about death like she's dealt with, but if you've ever been betrayed terribly, the hardest part is to forgive and move on. Oh, yeah. and, and when you've been betrayed, you don't think rational. And I yeah. definitely can empathize with Abby as far as I don't think in that moment she was thinking rationally. I think she was yeah. just like, not out of control, but like she wasn't herself. She I think was she literally, was control, yeah. uh, I think she was literally like not out of control. Like she wasn't just sitting there beating the hell out of him over and over. She was, she was processing as she was doing it, oh, but yeah. she was like out of, she was out of character. Like I think she was doing, self. I think yeah. she was doing mentally what we saw ellie was doing the entire time mm -hmm. yes and ellie literally had pdsd about right. watching the last moment the last breath of her dad take i think that's what abby was experiencing up to that and and towards the, the towards the very end of the game when ellie kind of almost seems like she's about to let things slide and then doesn't I'm, I'm almost kind of wondering if maybe Abby had that for like a second and then is that's like, what I'm nah, saying. I think that's the theme of the game. I don't yeah. think that is the theme of the game. Revenge. It's, it's showing you the cycle of revenge. It's showing you the cycle of betrayal. Well, and hatred is a big piece to it too. Yes. Right? And how, if you allow these things to control your life, if you don't forgive, if you don't move on, you literally lose everything. Yeah. And we don't need to skip to the end because I like the fact that we're starting from the beginning and go on. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. we'll talk about it as we get to the end uh, that they they essentially lose everything. So let's, yeah. let's let's keep going on the story then. So they, of course, knock Ellie out thanks to Owen making sure they don't kill him. Although several characters you discover later were, were like, we can't leave them alive. Like they yeah, yeah. all agreed this isn't a good idea. <laughs> Which would have been the smart thing to do. Which would have been the smart thing. Game <laughs> would have been over at that point. Um but they don't they leave tommy and ellie alive dina and others find them and so they, they get back to jackson and what i found interesting there too was the conversation with ellie and tommy i thought that was so well done oh by the way we didn't we didn't talk about this um but the performances both the motion capture and the, the voice acting performances i mean this these character moments and the intense moments the sad moments the touching moments they would have been nothing without these performances so oh, yeah. people like troy sure. baker and ashley johnson and i think it's laura bailey's best performance i've seen her do in a video game uh, as abby oh and i looked him up because he was so good too i thought tommy's actor uh, jeffrey pierce also amazing he did great as tommy yeah. because yeah, yeah. as he's sitting there with ellie he had brought her some food that maria had him bring and he, to me, seems like defeated and resigned that this is this. It is what it is. We can't do anything. But that's not how he was feeling at all. No, not um, all. he. It was a misdirection because yeah. he wanted to go, but didn't want to put Ellie in jeopardy. He knew that Joel wouldn't have wanted Ellie to be in danger. Yeah. So he almost did that out of, to honor his brother. Was don't take Ellie with you. Go do it yourself, kind of a thing. Yeah. And so yeah. I love that. So Tommy disappears, and as Dina and Ellie are plotting their way to sneak out of Jackson to go and. And uh, towards Seattle, they got the lead. It's in, they're in Seattle. 
that's when they learn that Maria pretty much stops him and says, Tommy already went and I need you to go and make sure he survives. Go get my dumb husband. Yeah. <laughs> go get my dumb husband. So that, so they're sent off on their journey and that's really where the game kicks into high gear. And by the way, I did start a new game plus and I'm not to that point yet, but I do know that's when anything you've upgraded, you can finally reaccess right. that stuff again. Uh, okay. Uh, at that moment because that's really when the the game opens up quite a bit right both in yeah, terms yeah. of exploration as well as in terms of upgrading stuff it's pretty cool like that's a, another reason it's worth replaying the game not only just experiencing the story again but also like there at the end of the game you unlock this uh the silencer machine gun like <laughs> i and love that gun, thing. Yeah. you get it like right away like, yeah it's, it's what you don't get at, until the end of the game the final section of the game but now you having it at the that? beginning oof. Yeah, you can fully upgrade. Okay, because at the end of the game you can't upgrade it, because you've I found a bench and it wouldn't uh, let me upgrade it. Got it. But, well, you know I, what? I, didn't try. I don't. I don't think that one can be upgraded. Okay. Okay. Because yeah, Ellie, I have fully upgraded. Gotcha. I'm okay. just yeah, me too. On Abby right now. Yeah, um, me too. So yeah, I did start the new game plus just briefly, just to kind of see some things, and I did just do it on because I played the game on moderate. I played on the standard normal version, and then when I went to play it again, I thought, "Ooh, do I want to up the ante?" And then my initial thought was, "Nah, moderate plus nah. is fine." There's no trophy for it anyway. So exactly. So I I would like to get the platinum on this game and find all the different things you're supposed to find. But anyway, all that to say, um, they set off on their adventure, and to what I think is because I thought the opening with Joel and Tommy on horses was beautiful, but as you get to this ridiculously lush and it makes sense because Seattle's so rainy but this crazy lush landscape going through these deep dense forests where there used to be highways of Seattle dude this game just popped off the screen I kept thinking like this is what next gen is gonna be like every game is good this is the baseline for next gen like I couldn't believe this is on a ps4 my standard ps4 it just looks so gorgeous so of course this is with uh, Ellie and Dina and I'll be honest, I wasn't sold on Dina at first. I thought her character was a little bit of a little too pushy, a little too like there's something about it that just kind of bothered me, like it didn't feel genuine. But as the game progressed, I really started to like her character yeah. a lot. Oh, I was checking her booty out from, from the very beginning. <laughs> sure. That's Dina not, was my not girl. Any, it's not what I meant, but I see what you're saying. Um, that's oh, like I Asian could dudes. I could definitely get Dina. She likes Asian dudes. Usually. I couldn't get Ellie, no but I could get Dina. So I was curious of her, the actress who played her as well. She was actually in a show that we liked a lot called, uh, I think it was called Raising Hope. But anyway, that actress is really good uh, as well. So that, again, performance is great all around. Um, but anyway, what would you guys think about Seattle? Things open up. We did talk about this a little bit last week, so don't go in too much into the open world stuff, I suppose. But sure. what would you think about the way the game, the story unfolded there in Seattle day one with Ellie and Dina especially? Up, up until the point where the explosion goes off, I guess. Well, they leveled up, like like I said, they sort of took the Uncharted formula, Uncharted 4 and, what was it, Lost Legacy, and just, like, yeah. upgraded it even further. Because, like, the way you navigate that open area is really cool because you can go in and out of buildings however you want. They have different unique conversations. Um, so that's just really cool because, kind of like how I said, where you find, so you go to that bank and you can find the shotgun in the vault. But I, I would imagine that if you just didn't pick up the shotgun for whatever reason, like the conversation that they have when they leave will be different because she's not going to say. I do think you can a get a shotgun later though, can't you? Oh, because so well, many other know. characters have them. But I, I don't know if you can just pick up a gun from a character though. So I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure. No, how I that think works. that's where you find the shotgun. So if you just okay. didn't go there, I don't know if then it might also be somewhere else. But I, they tend yeah. to have specific locations right. for the weapons. So yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, I just I yeah, think that's yeah. But they did that with the training manuals and stuff like yeah. that too. And if you missed them, they would show up somewhere else. Like uh, what was? It? Yeah, because like there's a pre-order bonus, and one of them was a training manual. Okay. Um, and if you didn't get that bonus, 
then it shows up somewhere else yeah, yeah, yeah. later in the game. Okay. So they, they have it like where you can get it. There You have multiple chances. But it's organic though. And that's what's cool. Cause like I said, like when they leave the bank, when I grabbed the shotgun, like they were like, oh man, that was like, that was a rough little situation there. And she's like, yeah, but at least we got a shotgun out of it. Like she <laughs> yeah. states that. I did so. like that too. I also liked, I thought they had better banter, uh, especially in the opening part of the game, right? Things, of course, horrible that joel had died essentially like you mentioned earlier it's like her dad died that's pretty much who he was to her so that's heartbreaking and horrible but as they arrive in seattle of course some time has passed and as we know that with any kind of wound even the deepest kind time can really help with a lot of that so they aren't sitting there just seething and she's not just seething with anger like they have some really i thought likable and very witty banter between the two of them yeah. And of course they're romantically involved. So some of it's flirty too, but a lot of it is almost just like two best friends busting each other's balls about stuff. I really liked that. I, I yeah, liked yeah. that. Ba- it reminded me a little bit of lost legacy and stuff. Maybe not I quite like, lighthearted, but I like that. Da- uh, Dina dropping like dad jokes every five seconds. Like, <laughs> yeah. be like, Hey Ellie. And then she would ask her some stupid question and Ellie would like be like, uh, I don't know. And yeah. then she would answer and she'd be like, Oh my God. Like the horse, <laughs> the horse one, like the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I forget what she says specifically. She, she yeah. drops like two or three of them, and I was like, yeah. "Oh man, Dina! Not only do you have a nice booty, <laughs> she got a, you got some dad jokes, girl. You you also have a a, a humor inside. Uh, but uh, one of the it has this section actually has some of the more like genuine like calming moments, like when she it does when you go into the um the record store, right? That yeah. big two floor record store, and they yeah. she finds a she finds guitar. a guitar there, yeah. and that's where you first experience the little. Not like mini game, but it, it, it kind of brings up a little like all the um the different musical notes that you can strum on the on the touchpad of the controller. And by the way, you can switch the selection to pretty much access an entire guitar fretboard. Yeah. And some folks online, of course, this exists, have done some really incredible <laughs> stuff using that guitar, that little guitar mini game. Yeah, you yeah. can actually put together if you've got some rhythm and know your chords, you can put together some pretty surprising stuff. Some people yeah. have done some really cool things there, but um, so. A lot of that calming stuff, which we did address a little bit last week, all leads up to a moment where it took me by surprise. You jump over in another barricade as they're mid their mid conversation. Big bomb goes off. Ellie gets captured. Dina gets rolled into what looks like some kind of a stairwell or something. Just opening and, or something. Yeah. Yeah, and and they you can hear them shouting to go look for her to go find her, but Ellie's captured, and that's when you have your first encounter with one of the group that took out Joel, and that was Jordan. And I, mm-hmm. again, I talked about how Nora seemed evil to me for talking trash. Yeah. Ellie talks trash right to his face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, how'd you find us? And she's like, I just told him to, to find the baby or whatever she said with a scar on his face or however yeah, she yeah. said it. Um, so anyway, and of course, Dina comes to save the day. That's when I really started liking her, too. I was like, this girl's fearless and is 100% yeah. all in for Ellie. And I was pretty standing I, on the glass like a dope, though. That like, was dumb. It just comes crashing through. Like That was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just say, um, and this is, I really did think this when I was playing it the first time. Like, as I was, we were riding in on the horse. I right before the explosion, I was like, because I'm trying to pick the game apart. I'm like, this is really stupid. Like, why would Ellie ride through this town where there potentially could be enemy? Like, you're not even like aware of where anybody is. You're just. They are saying that though. And as soon as she, I'm thinking that, and I'm not exaggerating this. It blows up, and I'm like, thank you. I yeah, was like, well, they, they did talk like, about how like it's weird that there's no one here. We're not seeing yeah, it. Yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't just that there was nobody around. Like, that, oh, they acknowledged it. It was. I thought it was dumb on Ellie's part. Like, I expected better from her. I'm like, you shouldn't yeah. be just carelessly riding through this town on a loud horse. Yeah. 
making noise, talking, and all that stuff. So I did like that they took the horse out. And, and well, what's cool is they explain a little bit on when you go to Abby's point of view and you see all the stuff Isaac's doing. He's essentially shifting all of his resources towards this attack yeah, on the yeah. scars. And so they've pulled out of areas that would have normally been, and I think, much more guarded. Populated. But, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. But then, so of course they saved. And then there's one of the, what I thought was one of the cooler sequences on the Ellie side of the story. And that was the whole TV station thing. Not only is the level design really cool, I thought, but also you get introduced to who is a new enemy who you know is clearly not Tommy. Up to this point, when you as you're finding dead bodies and people who have been tortured, they're like, this was Tommy. Can you believe Tommy would do They're talking about Tommy. How could he do this? And okay, I can see how he would do this. But then all of a sudden you find all these symbols written in blood on the wall and people hanging and stuff. And yep, she's like, yep. all right, well, this isn't Tommy. <laughs> now you've got some. Some of it was. Some yeah, some of the torture right in the hotel for example. The hotel, yeah, yeah, definitely Tommy. Yeah. Um, but I liked that whole television sequence, and I also thought it was interesting. They finally get to the character named Leah, who they're tracking down at the television television station, and she's already dead. She's already been killed by yep. the scars, and and Dina is kind of like, so you feeling okay about this? Is that all right? And you can tell Ellie's not cool. She no. wants to be the one to kill these people. Oh she, yeah. She wants to do it herself. Um, and then, of course, you have to escape from there. But also, um, a really uncomfortable vibes in that uh, that what was it TV station room where they're just you walk right in and all the bodies are just hanging. Yes. Just like it, it just boom right there. It's like oh oh okay. This there's some other stuff going on here, clearly. Yeah. And I mean, if you'd watch some of the trailers, you kind of you're you're thinking that's probably what it is, but you don't really know their whole story, what's going on there. So right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting that they, they don't realize they're walking into a years-long feud between these two major groups, the WLF yep. and the Scars, who actually don't call themselves Scars. Um, they're Seraphites. Yeah, so it's essentially kind of like the... Um, the Military cult. versus a cult. Yeah, the, the religious cult who also operates a little more like back in the day with the French and Indian War, like the Native Americans would have with lots of sneak yep. attacks and different ways of communicating with their whistles and stuff, which, by the way, when they first encountered the whistles, oh, I good. was like, what is happening right now? Um, <laughs> but that was awesome. I loved that, too. Um, yeah. So anyway, and then, of course, you eventually at the end of that day one, you arrive at the uh, at the theater. And so you kind of get your home base set up there yes. in Seattle with Dina. And I think that's when you discover she's pregnant, right? To Derek's point, well, where she's yeah, but right before that, some pretty cool sequences in the subways, yep. and and there's some of some of the uh, I think that's mm -hmm. like the first main scary moment that happens because you're down there and you you meet one of the first new enemy types, the the bloaters, the shamblers, the shamblers, oh, shamblers, shamblers, yeah, bloaters, shamblers. Yeah. um, which they're kind of gross, and I didn't really see any sort of like weakness. It was just more kind of like they were these lumbering big dudes that would throw uh, they poof out the the, the toxins right yes. is that what it was? Yeah. they're actually not that they don't have a ton of health compared to like a bloater who's got yeah. unbelievably oh, ridiculous yeah. health yeah, yeah. so they are much easier to take down than them but they can drain your health super fast because they'll just run up to you and of course they could do physical attacks but they'd rather just kind of hunch their back and just these spores of poison go everywhere yep. and they'll they'll drain your health real fast yep. um so yeah, we, we did talk a little bit about them last time, but they make legitimately terrifying noises, those yes. guys. So, most of these enemies do. Most of the enemies do, yeah. So you find the theater, but there's where I, I did want to talk about some of the flashbacks, not all of them, but what I thought was by far the best, most endearing, and honestly made me the saddest, even though it was a happy moment flashback, and that's the birthday gift. Oh, uh, yeah. Where Joel takes Ellie, I'm going to show you something fun. You kind of That's when you discover that, yeah, Ellie knows how to swim now, and that things yeah, like that, yeah. right? He's He's yeah. been teaching her, I guess, how to swim. 
And so he's taken her through this forest. It's it, what is it like three three years ago? I guess it was like within their first year of being in Jackson. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, the, the short version is he takes her to this uh, natural history museum that has a bunch of dinosaurs and all kinds of other stuff, um, even some space related stuff, which was a really yeah. sweet sequence too. Yeah, she like what? climbs on it. She's like, I'm on a dinosaur. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm on another epic dinosaur. I loved that part. Yeah. Um, and Joel is. By the way, this is where we see what we always have known, but this game outlines it a ton. It outlines it at this place. It outlines it um, in, at that kind of town hall dance when he won't let one person get yeah. in her face. The yeah, fact yeah. that he yells at Jesse for not being careful enough. He is overprotective to the point that that's, in addition to him lying, of course, right. his overprotectiveness is costing Ellie, and she knows it, and yeah. he doesn't really care. He's He's ready and willing to give up whatever it takes to keep her safe. Yeah. So anyway... What'd you guys think about that birthday sequence and how they did all that stuff? Also, I don't if I remember if I remember correctly, there were no enemies to fight. They make you feel like you're gonna fight, but there's nothing to fight there, right? Like yeah, there's a uh, no, this is the boar that shows uh, that pops out, right? But yeah. then it goes away. Yeah, then it runs away. Yeah, yeah. I thought there was gonna be a big fight in that yeah. uh, in that section. Well, yeah, because they give you like ammo and they give you um, yeah. some like um, it's the writing on the wall. The writing's yeah. all over the wall. There's different right. sections as you're progressing. There's the different – like somebody's leaving a message as you're going along, and you're stringing the whole message together. Right. So I, again, appreciated that. I like that. I recognize that because I thought the same thing Tim did, and that was, okay, well, who am I going to fight? And then Ellie gets hit, and she's like caught off guard, and then a boar runs off, and then it's just back to like a kind of a peaceful hangout when she lets Joel in. So I like that they did that. They yeah. made you think one thing, but they are like, nope, we're not going to do that. It, it honestly definitely doubled down my anger towards Abby because it was like th this this is this is the stuff that they had these nice moments and they didn't really in retrospect have a lot of time for it because then as you progress and you find out more as the years go on within those was it about four year that they had together on, in Jackson four years um, yeah. definitely the beginning is when they were more like how they were towards the end of the uh, first game where they were way more friendly with each other and open and and more daughter father like. Right. Um, and just the, the where she um, when they do the uh, her in the little spaceship. With yeah, the, that, with the that part was really cool. Yeah. And he, and he somehow found a, a tape of of um, of the launch sequence and, uh -huh. and she's closing her eyes. He's telling her to close her eyes and she's just like absorbing everything. The you know, the sights and the sounds and the smells and just being in that moment. So, yeah. 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 That was all very like honestly, super touching, really well done stuff like yeah. And, and the banter between them that we had for an entire game. And yeah. in this game, you don't really get a lot of it other than the flashback sequences. Right. And and actually really just mainly that one because then the next one after that, it, not too much of it, like a little bit. But she's at that point, you know, and we'll get to discussing yeah. why her demeanor is different there. But yeah. this this was like the only part where we had that that sort of vibe from the first game yeah. where they, you know, would kind of mess with each other and yeah. be friendly. Yeah, so I did. I did really like that flashback. It was touching and sweet in all the right ways, but also, like Dan just mentioned, I totally agree. It made it that much more heartbreaking knowing that only a few short years later, Joel's gonna be gone in a horrific way, and yeah. uh, right, right in front of Ellie too. So, yeah. again, whether or not he deserved it or all that kind of stuff, lots of questions there. But it still happens, and it's just heartbreaking to know. But on the other hand, you could make the argument to say like, hey, they got some fun, quiet, peaceful years together, which many people in this time probably don't get. So there's true. that there's that side of it too um and then it jumps into uh the second day with ellie 
where you do things like the Hillcrest sequence, right? When you're in that that uh, town, I think that's where you hook up again with Jesse. I think was it? Yeah, well, that's, so that's well, that's where yeah he grabs her from behind and yeah is like, hey, it's me. So. Yep. Oh, but before that, they introduced a new enemy type, which is, has nothing to do with infected, and that's dogs. What do you guys think about the uh, way they used yeah. dogs in this game? Did you like that? Did you hate it? Somewhere in between. What do you think about that? With the whole following the scent thing. Yeah. It's a cool gameplay thing. It's just a bummer killing dogs. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's definitely very cool. And I and, and I did see a part of that trailer. Like I didn't watch the whole trailer where they actually introduced the dogs. Um, but I do think that that's pretty cool with the tra- the yeah the scent trail and it just following. If you just keep moving along only a little bit, like that dog's gonna keep looking for you and it's not gonna stop until it finds you. Yeah, I I actually like the addition of the dogs. Um, yeah. I didn't think I would because I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to be a pain in the butt to like, because part of the way I stealth is I don't move too much until it's necessary. The dogs force you to move because they are going to latch onto your scent. But the thing that I actually liked about it is that they were basically one shot kill. So if you could get, get a good shot on them first, maybe with your, your pistol, like a silencer, then you could still stay stealth. Um, and take out the other guys, but I always would fixate and focus on the dogs at, at first. Um, and sometimes I would just miss, and then boom, I have alerted everybody. But but they they didn't they at least didn't make them a pain. That was kind of what I was yeah. afraid of. I was like, oh, not only are they gonna make it hard for you to stealth, but they're gonna be a pain in the butt to shoot because dogs are quicker, lower center oh, of gravity. Yeah. But they actually made them kind of easy to kill yeah, it wasn't too bad i think i think the the ability to actually sometimes using them to follow you opened up paths i discovered yeah so if you actually trail your scent in the right way you can open up a path where it wouldn't have been before um because you can get them off their patrol route mm-hmm. so i did that a few times and then of course throwing a bottle or a brick throws yeah. them totally off the scent unless they happen to stumble across it again so, or you let them follow you, and uh, even though I just said a second ago it's a bummer killing dogs, I would use the trip mines or the like yeah. kind of proximity explosive yeah. and just leave it right in the trail. And Dude, I used just... those throughout the entire game. They were one of my favorite LE weapons yeah. outside of the guns and stuff, but I loved the trip mines. I used them so much. Yeah. The one the one weapon or device I don't think I used at all was the stun grenade. I, I used I... it a couple times towards the very, very end. There was a room in that in that particular last section where there was like 20 dudes, and I was like, this is ridiculous. And I just threw literally all of them, and they were all <laughs> like, oh, what's going on? And I just ran through. So. And just Oh, you just passed them instead of trying yeah. to kill them? Oh, yeah, you yeah, I just want to say that I think unless it changes with my second playthrough with Abby, day two with Ellie is probably my favorite part of the entire game. game oh, interesting. Okay. Um, I just like the the a lot of the uh, the grassy areas, and you're going like there was a lot of shops to explore, a lot of yeah. secrets to unlock, side um, stories. This, yeah. So there was a lot to do in those little areas, and then you eventually run into Jesse. I do want to comment on Jesse because I actually think Jesse was a really good character. Yeah. And I'm kind of bummed he wasn't in the game more. Like, yeah. I feel like he was robbed. Like, I feel like he should have been in the game more, but. Another pretty good person overall from what we saw, at least. But, yeah, wasn't yeah. in the game a ton. Oh, I mean, um, he had plenty of reasons to be pissed off at Dina and Ellie. And he was just, like, joking with Ellie. Like, he's like, Ellie, I don't care. I'm over it, you know. He kept like, saying, uh, what was it, my friend's problems are my problems. Yeah, yeah because would... that's why he went to Seattle. The dude risked his yeah. life and yep. essentially went on what 
most would consider a suicide mission to help them. <laughs> yeah. So pretty good dude. But then they introduce us after some of those levels or some of those areas that Derek's talking about. Um, then you uh, meet the Seraphites for the first time. Yes. As you're going through the park, this really dark park is very ominous looking. And of course, like just walk down the middle path. It's probably going to be fine. Um, and then, of course, you get hit with an the arrow. They have a new yep. mechanic where if you get hit with an arrow, you have to pull that thing out. Otherwise, it's going to keep draining your health. Yeah. Um, and you meet the Seraphites, which are mostly dressed in these brown trench coats. They blend into the background really easily. And they communicate with whistles when yeah, there's enemies nearby. Yeah. Which becomes a pretty scary sound. Maybe not quite as like truly creepy as a clicker, but still that same, uh-oh, I could die any second yeah. feeling. Well, well it's interesting here. having, um, I don't know how you guys play games, I tend to, because like in case I just didn't actually hear the pronunciation of something or like I didn't hear the word right, I always have um, captions. So like yeah. when they're doing their whistles, it actually like shows in the captions the different kind of whistles. Like, no it says, way. Like, alarming, like... Th- Obviously, there's urgencies to the certain kinds of whistles if they just saw one of their friends get taken out and stuff like yeah. that. Well, there's one if the they just do a general like alarm, right? Where it's like a yeah, real yeah. long, high-pitched whistle yeah. where they're trying yeah, to call yeah. everybody. Yeah, and it says like alarming whistle or something along the lines of that. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool because they got obviously the different ways of communicating because, you know, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and then, of course, pretty- we get to a really key flashback after that, which is – Ellie, two years before this, did finally go back to St. Mary's Hospital. Sure did. To figure out, this isn't right. I got to figure out what happened. That infamous hallway that we uh, get real comfortable with. We sure yeah, do. Yeah, we, we travel that that hallway like 10 times. We do. I'm going to talk about that in a little while too. But yeah, so she goes back. She discovers what happens. Joel comes to chase her down because he finds out that he kind of figures out where she goes. I, did she yeah. leave him a note? I think she left him a note. Yeah, yeah, I think she, yeah. She but, did mention um, a note, yeah. So he comes there angry and then is quickly disarmed by the fact that she figured it out. Yeah. And she's like, stop lying to me. Yeah. And then he just tells her the truth. Like, I, they were going to kill you when I stopped them, essentially, is what he said. That little recorder she found was very convenient, though. Just like, oh, there's there a recorder here. And it has some really pretty Well, Dan, you had to look through at least three boxes before you found it. So it took a while. <laughs> But, you know, it's just, yeah, she goes right in that room where everything went down. I was like, oh, a recorder? Let me just click. Oh, okay. Now I know a lot of stuff I didn't know previously. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so there's that big reveal. Um, and then, of course, you get towards the end of um, Ellie's – this is essentially days one, two, and three with Ellie. And then, as we've already talked about, because it's a spoiler cast, you'll do the, the same timeline, days one, two, and three with Abby to see in parallel how things are going for her. Can I just say real quick, though, that moment where yeah. she confronts him, that right there is the immediate turn of, like, things are different between the two of them. Totally. And that's, and that's very important because, again, like I was saying a moment ago with that first flashback, like, that was pretty much us seeing – the most recent up-to-date mom- uh, moments in their lives together where everything was basically normal or as normal as it can be in a post-apocalyptic world that is this game. But um, that moment specifically, like, that that's when th- everything flipped because, like, she's just like, I'm, I'm done with you not actually telling me what's going on. Yeah. And then he tells her, and she's just like, yeah, she's like, I'm done. Like, well, she yeah. said, I'll go back to Jackson, but you and I are done. Yeah. Correct. Well, and that's where... We, I talked earlier about his overprotectiveness. Yeah. That's where his overprotectiveness to her, she starts to see like this yeah. is causing damage. Like when yeah, blew he up over, in his face. When he's when he tries to protect me, things go bad. Yeah. And so that's why I think she resents any moment of him trying to protect her after that. 
Yeah. Uh, whether, again, whether it's at the dance where you got that, what what do you keep calling him? The bigot comes at her yep, and yep, says yep. something mean to her. Um, Rightfully so. Now that we know what he said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was he was an absolute dick. Like, we can all agree on that. That guy was yeah. a jerk. That being said, uh, he did his best in his old school <laughs> white guy way to try to apologize with what sounds delicious steak oh, sandwiches. Yeah. I want oh, steak sandwiches. But she's Absolutely. like, these are bigot sandwiches. All right, we've, we already passed that part. Um, anyway, uh, and then you get to Ellie's day three, which you mentioned that that uh, Hillcrest section and some of those levels or some of those areas there, Derek, were some of your favorite. I think this one might have been my favorite or one of them at least. And that's the whole road to the aquarium where you get into a boat and you're going and you go to the old arcade and all these oh, different yeah. environments they take you through. And the waters are getting choppier as a storm is picking up. Oh, I loved that whole sequence. That was pretty Ellie. cool. And plus, you are you know you're towards where you're going to confront Abby. At least you think Abby's yeah, yeah. supposed to be here. So you're heading towards what, as a first-time player, I didn't know how many chapters there were. I didn't know how long this game was. I'd already been playing for, at this point, probably like 11 hours. I'm like, ooh, I wonder if this is where the story wraps up. I have no idea. So I knew that wasn't the case. But anyway. Actually, I wanted to throw out real quick the hospital section, the first hospital section with Ellie specifically, where she's oh, going after Rosa. Uh, Nora. Um, or Nora, sorry. Yeah, yeah Nora. Um, that part was really cool because basically she confronts her and then there's a chase sequence and then basically she takes her hostage because the soldiers surround them and then they jump into the basement that I think there oh, was some yeah, notes. Yeah. There's some notes lying around that are like, oh, the basement's like, you don't want to go down there. Yeah. And that's where you land. And of yep. course, Ellie can't be infected and Nora's just breathing it in, trying to escape. So, and that's yeah, Nora's the first a goner. As soon as they land down there, Nora's yeah. a goner. And that's where um, she torches Nora. Uh, tortures Nora. She 100% does. I, I, forgot, I forgot to mention that, so we need to talk yeah. about that real quick. But yeah, that yeah. did have some fun gameplay sequences there too, because there's clickers down there. Yep. And so I just use them to help take out the guards, and then I stealth yeah. the clickers. Because now that Ellie has her switchblade, you don't need to craft shivs with her anymore, at least with yep. Abby. You do, but with Ellie, you've got unlimited stealth kills on clickers, which is awesome. Yep. So I let the clickers do the dirty work to take out the soldiers with guns, <laughs> which they did. And then I took those clickers out, um, yeah. which was awesome. Uh, but yeah, you're right. So she does corner Nora. We should talk about that. She yeah. she tracks down Nora, who responds in a way that because we think of her as the bad guy, we hate. But if that were Ellie saying that, we would have been like, hey, good one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think yeah. Nora is just a strong personality, just like yeah. Ellie. I was going to say, I was actually caught off guard because when she first started talking. She goes, did and- you, st- you still hear him? Yeah, I thought she was serious. Like, I yeah. really didn't think she was going to mock Ellie. I thought she was going to be like, do you still hear the screams? And I thought she was going to get, like, emotional, kind of to get some empathy so or- Ellie didn't kill her. Yeah. Instead, she was, like, planning her way of escape. And so she was just setting her up to mock her. And then she mocks her and then throws, yeah. like, a di- metal dish thing at her. And yep. and, and then a running. pretty crazy chase sequence there before you fall yeah, down. Yeah, um, yeah, I, like- I, I gotta say that was probably for me the most satisfying way for Ellie to take out one of the yeah uh, one of the I would say bosses of the game. Yeah. Those people that were in that room that helped with the murder of Joel are like who she's after. It's like her little hit list, yeah. and I would say that was probably the most satisfying. I felt like the other ones were done. I would say that if I had to come up with... It wasn't abrupt. No, I I feel like if you wanted to point out maybe a little bit of a disappointment into the game, I would say it would be how most of them were taken out. And that was like, they were taken from like cutscenes. They weren't taken out because you actually like 
outsmarted them or you got in a fight with them like, or something like that. Yeah, it was just, that's what I mean by abrupt. It just happened so fast. You're like, oh, wait, so that's just it? We're not going to do a sequence? Like, they're dead? Oh, which, okay. again, I, I, it's not that I'm, like, trying to, like, just side with Neil on everything. I, I'm okay with it. Like, I didn't play the game and go, oh, my gosh, they should have had us, like, you know, everything should have been a boss fight. I'm okay with not having boss fights. Yeah. These are just humans. I just think they should have done more of what they did with, like, Nora. And I'm not saying always do a chase scene, but just do something else yeah. where you are interacting with these people. Well, they, yeah. they do have a parallel moment. By the way, there's a lot of parallels. There's a few of them I wanted to call out. And here's a major one that um, I'm glad we came back to this because she basically beats someone to death in a horrible, yep. horrific way. Just like Abby did. For what she believes is a good reason. It's yep. exactly what Abby did. So... <laughs> Now, we don't get to see Abby right after that, like the trip home in the snow. Like, were her hands also shaking? Were she struggling the same way Ellie was? We don't know. I don't yeah. think so. She seemed to be a lot more, like Derek said, like with her conviction, it through. Yeah. Whereas Ellie's was a lot more of an emotional response. And she sat there and she got back to the theater. She's still shaking, like, I, I made her talk. And she's yeah. just, you can tell that affected her, that she tortured somebody. Yeah, essentially. yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was quite a death there. You don't actually get to see the fallout from that no. um, in any way, shape, or form. You see the fallout from some other deaths, uh, like when Abby's response to certain things, but that one's not one that you see any fallout from. But uh, other than Ellie's reaction to what it was that she did, um, and then yeah, the road to the aquarium, and that's where you have the confrontation with Owen and Mel. And I know I'm skipping a lot, so feel free to fill in the gaps if I missed something. But I thought the confrontation with Owen and Mel was interesting too because. Again, Ellie doesn't really know them. She just recognizes their faces from having been there. Yeah. She doesn't know that Owen's mostly a good guy and that Mel's pregnant because she's got a big enough coat on. She can't really tell. She doesn't have context. All she knows is these are some of the people that helped kill who essentially yeah. was my dad. And that was yeah. a, a cool scene to watch for a second time, too, because I must have, like, I don't know. Maybe I zoned out. Sometimes I zone out. And, like, when Owen's dying because she shoots Owen – um and then stabs mel and then yeah, goes the back neck. up yeah and then goes back over to owen to try to talk to him and he goes and i had um i had the whatever where you see the words on the screen i forgot what it's called captions captions i had that on and it shows the words that owen saying he's saying she was and then it says inaudible and that's when I was like, oh, God, he's telling her she's pregnant. Why did I yep, miss yep. it the first time? And oh, see, I got, I got that the first time. I just yeah, I yeah, missed yeah. it. And then she she goes over and rips his, her jacket off, and that's when she freaks out. And so it starts hyperventilating. Yeah. Yes. And so, again, all this stuff, this is why I call this – again. I'm going to call it a masterpiece. I, I just think it's a genius game. It's a masterpiece. So the way it explains, like, Ellie's not reckless. Ellie is not the type that I'm going to leave my map laying around. Well, guess what? Abby can't find Ellie if Ellie's not reckless and leaves her map. And they are able to explain why she would leave her yeah. map. And that's because she's freaking out yep. because she just murdered a pregnant, a, a pregnant person. And she yeah. also, the person that she's in love with right now, is pregnant. There's, there's all kinds of parallels here, too. Like, one of the things that I noted was that both Ellie and Abby – they both have to deal with pregnancies that involve a person they love and someone else. And they're both yeah. dealing with that. Yeah, yeah. And so, and I just thought that was really interesting. Like, why did they do it that way? I don't know. Yeah. But I wanted that. I think they wanted to build, not to a ridiculous uh, extent, but they wanted to build enough similarities with Abby and Ellie that we get where Abby's coming yeah. from. Yeah. Where everything kind of just like 
intertwines and it's like yeah you you feel you feel sympathy but then you also feel anger towards both of them maybe or i mean definitely abby for sure they just wanted to reveal how biased we are and that we do hate (laughs) transgender people oh that's what it is there we go i was waiting for it that's what it is all right we're gonna take a break here in a few seconds uh i've got to go take care of some kids stuff we'll come back and talk about the second half of the game but before we move on to that part any other elements of playing as ellie in the first half of the game that you guys want to highlight whether it's story related or whatever before we take a break i just i I want to point out that in the first last of us i wasn't a big fan of using ellie obviously she was younger and in this game where it's more focused on you're using her and she's the main character she was way way more fun to use not only over ellie in the first game but i would even say over using joel um and then obviously that comes comes down to also they just improved gameplay a lot in this game But I just think she was a lot more interesting as a character in this game than she was in the first one. Um, and I think they really nailed her arc. Because that, that whole entire first half is basically her story. And then obviously we talked about how it's split in half and then we get Abby's version. And then the very end is like a correlation of both of their endings. Yes, yeah, so yeah. an a epilogue of both of them ending. Um, which we'll get into in the second half of our spoiler cast. But but the point is, is I thought they did a really good job of making her a fun character to use, an interesting character to use, and then just a fun one to play with, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's just there's, there's so much history there. You have an entire first game of, like, what happened, you know, in our life prior to these four, was it three, four years? Um, and then just, you know seeing what happened in the beginning of this game and then her little journey there trying to get her revenge and and she changes because she she was definitely a a bit more innocent there in the beginning or as innocent as you can be in this world and and definitely she she's different by that moment because you know she you know had to torture nora and and she's just willing to kill these specific people because of what they took from her so yeah, she's definitely very different in this game than she was when she was a kid and, you know, still went through some hardships, but, you know, right. not, not these kinds. Right. And I would say that as time goes on, and I think this aquarium scene is a key pivotal moment for her, but I feel like as time goes on, there's little moments where they're letting us know that Ellie knows she's not really doing good things here by killing so many people Yeah. on this war path to, to get revenge for what they did to Joel. So I do think there's recognition there from her character uh, in certain small ways, especially when it comes to major characters like Mel uh, being killed. Um, last question I'll ask you guys before we take a break, and that is, uh, whose skill set do you prefer? Because they give you two controllable characters. Uh, compared <laughs> to the last game where you had Joel most of the game and then Ellie for one small chapter, a eh, pretty big chapter. Um, this time it's really split pretty much 50-50. So whose skill set do you prefer? Abby's, the big, giant, jacked MMA fighter style, who's got a lot more strength, has a crossbow, which is a really cool weapon. Or do yeah. you prefer Ellie, who can set traps and is quicker and sneakier? Who do you prefer? I'd say Ellie for sure. Also, I think I think honestly the knife is a big thing too because um, Abby does still have to make shivs, and I definitely really dig the knife. I think that just kind of makes moving around a little more organic. Like it's you don't have to worry about having forgotten to make any shivs. So uh, the only reason why I favor shivs over the knife is what I explained last week, and that is. The shivs give you an opportunity when the, what are they called again? Clickers? 
flickers actually grab you, mm-hmm. you can shiv them. Sure. If, if you don't have a shiv, which Ellie doesn't have a shiv, you're dead. You're, oh. you're done. Well, I don't know that, Derek. I don't feel like game, so. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so I would actually say for right now, my answer is going to be Ellie. But I'm in my second playthrough. I literally just started as Abby. I'm like maybe 45 minutes in. Yeah. It could change. The second playthrough for a lot of games is the one that I established whether I really, really like a game. And then I, I think that will be telling. I would say the first time though I played it through, I enjoyed Ellie. But that was more not because I liked Ellie more than Abby. It was more I liked Ellie's uh, scenarios more than I liked Abby's. Sure. I didn't like Abby's like uh, where she was and like oh, there's some cool sequences. Dude. I was gonna say, well, we'll talk about that in the second half here. I actually preferred Abby's playstyle, and I thought the second half of the game, just for me personally, had stronger, more compelling, and more terrifying. All those things, uh, scenarios like areas to go through. But that's probably some personal preference. I just slightly give the edge to Abby. I think I liked the the weapons selection that she had a little bit more. Um, and uh, I did like I did like the crossbow more than the bow and arrow. Like that's. I, think, I figured that's what it was. It's it's all about the crossbow. So and then what you're like, saying is like the man arms too. It's the man arms. Honestly, I think that's the difference. Like they're pretty even, and I I really like the traps Ellie can set. The pipe bombs I found to be relatively useless, except for one particular boss fight. Um, but anyway, I like the traps Ellie can set, but that crossbow was awesome. I, I don't know. Things. The pipe bombs are pretty, very useful because they're actually more useful than the traps for Ellie. And that's because you can auto like lock on and whenever you throw it and they hit him, it like shocks them and it drops and then they blow up. So it's like a guaranteed you're going to hit them. Unless yeah. If you're, if you're doing a lot of open combat, it's super yeah. helpful. If you're doing what I was doing, which was lots Self. of then yes sneaking around and you want the traps instead it's great to set a trap way back there where you know they're going to step on it and then work your way around to the side and wait for them all to run that way that which with with ellie i did like doing the traps like there was a part where you guys were talking about where we fall down with nora and then you're in the room with the clickers and stuff like that i actually go to the far right both times i played it let's go to the far right I set a trap to the left, set a trap to the right, throw a bottle, draw them all over, and you just hear them just blowing up yeah, all yeah. right beside you, and then I just take uh, off. That's so satisfying. That's so, yeah. so satisfying. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to come back and finish this tonight. If not, we will finish it later this week. But for right now, we are going to say pause on our Last of Us Part 2 spoiler cast. All right, well, we're going to pick things up here. Thanks for uh, letting me take a break, guys. Take care of some family stuff. Hopefully, we'll go uninterrupted now while we finish out talking through The Last of Us Part Two, So we finished with the first half of the game, which really ends at a, quite a big cliffhanger, of course, when Ellie has figured out uh, where Abby is at the aquarium, goes there, confronts Owen and Mel, and in kind of a scuffle, they both, uh, Ellie, I'm sorry, Mel and Owen both die. And then Ellie, it's revealed after she had already stabbed Mel in the throat that she was pregnant, so she's devastated. Like Derek mentioned, drops the map which is the major clue on how to find her. Not just a clue, it's like a direct map, how to find her. Tommy um, and Jesse show up. Yep, yep. And and then, um, yes, then they're back at the theater, and I believe it's after the stuff with Owen and Mel that she's back at the theater, and that's yeah. when they hear the scuffle, right? Her and... Yes. Okay. So her and Jesse hear the scuffle while they're talking. Dean is asleep, and they go run, rushing up to the front, and they discover that Abby's standing there with 
Tommy at her feet with a gun pointed at his head. She quick shoots Jesse right in the face. Sure does. And uh, and Jesse's gone, which to Derek's point, that's now that I've played the whole thing and thinking back on it, that's a bummer. I really did like yeah. Jesse. It was very abrupt, right? He was like, a, he was like, a oh, really chill. I'm totally cool with how they actually killed him. I mean, me of too. Course, it's just I a guess, bummer. Again, I and I said this with like Star Wars. I know Tim and I disagree, and I get why he disagrees because Star Wars is more like family friendly. Friendly. The Last of Us is not about <laughs> right. That. It's, it's sure? all about darkness <laughs> and Game of right. Thrones type deaths. So I get like the elaborate like hey you're my father oh by the way i love you and i wish that we could have more time together oh now you're gonna die like oh, <laughs> like three hour death scenes True. whereas the last of us is like yeah they have some death scenes like that and technically joel's was kind of like that but in a way it wasn't because it was still like a dark version where it's like he can't talk he can't say yeah, he doesn't get to say I, I still love you. I, I always yeah. love you. Again, that's why it reminded me of a certain character's death and The Walking Dead. I don't know why I'm be wearing a spoilers there, but ah, just in case. Now, this and when this character is getting his head bashed in, it's like the last moment he has any ability to communicate, and he barely mumbles out to the to his um, old love female him. friend. He basically just says, "I'll find you," and then gets smashed one more time in his dead. So like yeah. it's a little bit confused. It's really pathetic. It's really like it's really weird. Yeah. And so same thing with Joel, where he doesn't really get a chance to like say last words, like Ellie, just just so you know, I did all this for you. And he just don't. he's just looking at her, right? Because his head is tilted towards her as they're pinning yeah. her down. His, his, his one eye, his one eye, barely open, right? As he's kind of yeah. looking at her. But anyway, so as Abby has just killed Jesse, she's taking a couple shots at Ellie, and then Ellie gives up her gun and basically just says, "I know why you did this, and it's because of me." Which, by the way, that's one story loophole that still bothers me is that when Ellie admits to Abby that she's the girl, and it's not like Abby was unaware that there was some girl who's supposed to be immune, why did she not connect those dots and all of a sudden, like, did it, it didn't seem to register at all to Abby that Ellie's the girl who's immune. And I know that her dad's dead, but maybe is there someone else who could find a cure? Like, I just, I don't, I don't understand. What, um, yeah, I guess you're right. I think in that moment, she doesn't care. She's just saying, oh, okay, well, then you're that girl. Yeah, that's fine. It's for her. It's all about her dad. Whereas maybe the other party members could. It's about mankind. Yeah, they could like make the excuse of like we need to get revenge because while hey we're sad your dad died we're pissed off about this. Whereas hers was yeah yeah yeah, I'm pissed off about that too. Not really. But it just seemed weird to me that there was no recognition of it. Um, even if like I don't care if you're immune or whatever, I can still shoot in the face or whatever. I mean, and I will say that. If I saw somebody question this, like when they were killing Joel and it was Tommy and Ellie there, why didn't anybody question that just maybe that's the girl he rescued? So that I can that's see. That's the one that loophole is Ellie's status as immune should make her at least a point of interest. Maybe they don't want to keep her alive. I don't know. But at least a point of interest that no character seems to put together the pieces on. But yeah, that would except be, for Nora before she died. Need- potential like plot hole and uh, Nora had to literally see correct breathing in something that she should be dying from otherwise everybody else is like you're the girl yeah it doesn't really register but anyway there's a big cliffhanger there where she says we let you live and you wasted it and then points her gun up and then boom I believe at that point it jumps right to a a flashback of Abby when she was younger right that's where it goes yeah I think it fades to black for a second and then goes right into black okay yeah 
So this is when it becomes clear that, all right, at first I just thought, all right, we're going to see a little backstory on Abby, why she's so angry. Like I thought maybe we were going to, for a second, I hadn't put together that her dad was the surgeon. Maybe you guys had at this point. Not no. quite yet, but. So now it all makes sense. But I thought, oh, maybe while they're out here, we're going to actually see Joel kill her dad somehow out in the wilderness. They happen to cross paths and all the people that I killed violently as Joel in the previous game, one of them could have been her dad. I don't know. Yep. So I, I thought there'd be something like that, but um, no, it's, it just gives us really a story moment um, between her and her dad and the impetus for him to head to the hospital. And then of course I saw the name of the hospital and I was like, cause then they called him doc. I was like, Oh crap. Yeah. He's one of the doctors that Joel yep, killed. Yep, That's yep. when I pieced it together. Yep. Yep. So, <laughs> yep. And then of course it all goes down and Derek mentioned this earlier where you see this really compelling conversation between Marlene and I think the dad's name is Jerry. Um, yeah. And they're talking about how this is amazing. We can do this, but it's going to kill the host. And so really compelling conversation there that you're right, man. It made me think of Marlene differently. I think, yeah, she was actually more of a heroic character than Joel was. Cause she also cared for Ellie like a daughter. Yeah. But, was also willing to make the sacrifice of feeling that loss. but a Abby's dad definitely was the one in that situation pushing for like, Yeah, it was almost like he was the head honcho. Like, I understand he was the head doctor, but I also think he had authority over he her because she kept, like, pressing him, but she ultimately was like, but it's it's your call, but I'm telling you I don't like this. Um, what do you think about when she challenges him, if this were your daughter, what would you do? A couple times. Of course, Abby hears that and then tells him, "Yeah, hey, if it were me, I'd want you to do it. And you notice he never answered. Correct. Yeah. He never answered. He didn't even answer his daughter. So, so that's my question for you guys then is I think it's <laughs> – if it's your own daughter, and Derek, you can yeah. answer this more easily because you have a daughter, but Daniel, you could at least imagine if it's your family member, right? Yeah. My it's, wife. Yeah. I, if it's your wife, right. I, I can't imagine a scenario that I would be okay with that. You'd have to somehow hold me back and someone else make the call, right? I just don't see how that would work. Again? But um, if it's someone else's and it could save mankind, I might be more keen to try to make the case to them. So, of course. But yeah. I also think it comes down to – and I remember when we talked about this for the first game where – I said my opinion with on Joel making that decision. I said Joel doesn't know it's guaranteed. Nobody actually right. knows it's guaranteed. True. Marlene doesn't even know. Right. The one person that would actually have some definitive answer, whether it's guaranteed or if it's a huge risk, like, hey, I could kill her, but I have no idea, is the doctor. So right. he would be the one that would be able to, if he was like, let's say he was doing running numbers, and he's like, it's 50-50 then I don't think he sacrifices his daughter. But if he's like, my numbers are 80-20 or 90-10 or 100%, like I know what I'm doing, this yeah. is gonna work, then he might do it. But I think if it's a, a flip of a coin, no. But I think the, the game spoke for itself, which was he didn't speak, which means he had already made the decision, no, I would not sacrifice my daughter, but... Right this isn't my daughter and I know there's a good chance yeah. and I never think they say this is definitively going to work. There's a good chance this is going to work. Now I know, and I do want to talk about it right now and see if you guys found this to be a plot hole too. I saw complaints again, this is online with people saying if he was the one that discovered this cure or whatever, why would he not pass this information on? Now my only thought process is 
if you look at the timeline, it doesn't look like his discovery and when they get Ellie there to him, it, there's a lot of time in between to like train another doctor or to, the only thing he can do is make recordings, make notes, which he has all of that. Well, yeah, I just, I don't think this is something he can just pass on to somebody no. else. Be like, here's, here's the cure. Just do what I do. He taught Mel. So Mel is a, a doctor or has medical knowledge, um, Mm-hmm. because of him but like yeah, and that was a certain too. amount of time I had to you know for uh, i mean trying to be a doctor in an actual not a post-apocalyptic world takes time takes many years of schooling so i would imagine yeah they just didn't probably i just probably... don't think Dude, it, it wasn't it wasn't like some formula he had come up with and all they need is the right person who's immune it was it's he got the scan and as soon as he saw the scans that's when you using his deep knowledge of human anatomy this is me going into the fiction of it of course this might not be realistic but his deep knowledge of human anatomy how the brain works he's apparently some kind of neurosurgeon or something he saw what he needed to see to say, if I got that, I could create a vaccine for this thing. It's not like he knew that existed or where to get it before. Yeah. It's right in that moment. He's like, look at the scan. I can get it. But yeah, it's going to kill him. I just oh. don't think it's really a plot hole. I think it's another I don't think it is either. line where people are trying to find things to pick this story apart. And I just don't. No, the only plot hole I noticed is the lack of recognition of the importance of Ellie by anyone on that former (laughs) Fireflies team. Um, That doesn't make any sense. And and she wasn't infected for that long in the first game. Like when you meet, when you meet her, like, I think she says three weeks, a couple weeks, right. A couple weeks, two, three weeks. So like, so you take two, three weeks plus however long it is until they get to that part of the game. It took a while because you go through multiple seasons. Well, if you read, if you listen to Marlene, she had only been with the fire fireflies for a little bit to yeah. even tell them that's a girl that there's immune that's coming so, so like what six to nine months so maybe like, if that yeah. i don't think it was very long yeah so, so yeah i don't think there's really enough time to get a whole room of students together and be like so this is what we're gonna learn today plus they don't even know if she's coming i mean he Correct. wasn't even yeah. he was like he was prepared himself but in the last of us two they show you that he's out and about doing his thing he doesn't even know she's like there and they're like owen goes and gets him and says hey she's here you need to get back to saint mary's everybody's looking for you this is urgent so again i don't i think that's a stretch i think that's people trying to find plot holes i i don't think it was anything that was uh, ruins it or puts a big hole in the in the story no. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, but then we take over as Abby in, and it says, I, I can't remember when it says it, but I think it's early on. It says Seattle day one. It is. And it's then Seattle day one for her. For anyone paying attention, you're like, oh, we're going to play through this whole section we just did with Ellie from Abby's point of view. Yeah. Like as soon as you see that, you know, we're going to be with Abby for quite a while here. Yeah, yeah, so, definitely well, got that on. Dan, what was your reaction as someone who was having <laughs> I guess okay, by this point none of us like Abby at all. I and mean, sure. I'm like whatever backstory they give her, I still hate her. That was what yeah. I was still thinking at that point. Yeah, yeah. But what was your reaction when you saw, oh, they're really having us control her for a while? What would you think? I mean, that's a that's a typical story element to throw out, right? With most medium is like, oh, well now you're going to experience what the bad guy is feeling, like what they're reasoning is for things and 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 sort I wouldn't of say uh, it's typical i i don't think well, i mean but lot. it's it's happened it's, it's becoming the new norm in writing because of stuff like game of thrones where they're like wanting you to i think this is ultimately what neil's doing he's trying to create a universe where everybody is the hero and the villain 
Like nobody's innocent and nobody's just completely guilty. Yeah. And so he's shifting perspectives for us as players. Cause like Tim said, and I felt the exact same way. First of all, I didn't want to play with Abby cause I didn't want to look at Butch Dyke all day. And then the second oh reason God. was second <laughs> reason. What's wrong? Second reason was She's neither of those things though. Yeah, no, she is. <laughs> Stop dropping facts on it, bro. Um, second reason uh... was I didn't want to play with somebody that I hated. And it wasn't because I was like, you can't you can't get me to empathize or sympathize with her at all. No, it wasn't that. I was just like, I have no interest in this. But, the, but that's but what then, I'm saying, though, is, is trying to make the uh, the the person experiencing whatever is the, the movie or game or book or whatever, trying to be like, sympathize with the villain. Like yeah. that, just that basic outline is what I mean. Yeah, and, and it's becoming, yes, I would agree, it's becoming more, more normal in maybe like movies and books and stuff like that. But what I was trying to say in bit, video games, no, most video games don't split it down the right. middle and yeah. go, oh, let's just reboot the game, but now you're playing as the yeah. person that it's you hate. Pretty, I think it's a pretty unique way to tell a story. I think it's kind of in a way bold. Like, I don't use that word a lot. I think it's ridiculous. Well, I'll tell you what's bold is the structure of the story that Neil decided to put together to show us the worst thing that Abby does right away. Well, yeah. re- relatively right away, right? You get to control yeah. her a little it's bit. You see a little it's really early on, and it's just like, oh, she's evil, because that's right. your, like first impressions mean a ton, and that's it. And and so that was that to me was the bold part. Right. Yes, I do think there's some boldness, and also being like, hey, you're gonna control the person you thought was the yeah. villain the whole time, and in some ways is, but also so is Ellie, because let's jump ahead a little bit. We'll come back and go through this stuff, but but did he, your final boss fight? he do any brave or stunning parts or is it just bold? <laughs> he was right at the cross section of brave and stunning but he just stuck with bold okay. and then he moved one street over to bold yeah but then okay. he pandered too hard and you know. and then he went over to pander parkway um so anyway <laughs> yeah um uh the final boss fight for abby's section of the game is ellie and yeah it was because you had just spent so many hours with Abby leveling her up, seeing what she's doing, seeing how she connects and honestly becomes kind of a mother figure to Lev and like, or at least a big sister figure to yeah, Lev, if nothing yeah, yeah. else. But um, dude, there's uh, I was legitimately torn. I was like, I don't want either of them to die. That's what I was thinking. I think the thing for me, like, so I, pr- I mean, obviously you get pretty quickly, oh, I'm going to be playing, especially like having heard already prior how long the game is, more yes. or less. I was like, oh, so I'm halfway through the game. There's a whole nother half here. It's, I'm getting the feeling that this is mostly going to be Abby. Yep. And it is. Um, and obviously as you play through it, the certain sections that you play through, there's some sections that I liked more because I was feeling more connected to what was going on, like sure. between her and, and the surrounding characters than right in the beginning. Um, Cause yeah, right in the beginning. At the beginning like, I was like, let me find some infected to walk her right into. Yeah, like, yeah, that's what right, I yeah. wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, similar feelings to when you're fighting Ellie. Cause like, I almost kind of was just like letting Ellie like beat me. Like, cause mm-hmm. I didn't want, abby to win like but then it resets actually... the checkpoint because you have yeah. to get to a certain point in yeah. the fight but yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll get to that at the end i didn't yeah, mean yeah, to yeah. jump too far ahead but um there's two quick questions i have for you guys the first one is now that at this opening part with with abby you get to see the kind of the seattle stadium um city or what little, yeah. yeah like kind of their base but you see how they're living they've got crops they've got livestock they have these dogs they keep in a kennels gym. they've got their their gym and their cafeteria 
and yeah. they kind of have a uh, a bit of a secondhand store thing going on where you can go and get clothes and all that stuff. Really an interesting, I think, pretty cool living setup. Just like I thought Jackson kind of had this really cool old Western vibe with the streets and the saloon look and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So now that you've seen both of these, we haven't seen them a ton. They don't give you a, a ton of opportunity to really explore those two living mm-hmm. spaces. Which one would you rather live in regardless? Let's just put the, put aside the characters of, of Abby and Ellie oh, and whatever. That's easy. I'd rather be at Jackson. I just well, thought it was cooler looking. Okay. Like the lights and the whole setup. Yeah, yeah. Nice. In the nice mountains. Little town. Oh, yeah. In the mountains as compared to would, by the coast. I would say the stadium would be safer, though, depending on how many exits there are. Yeah. Well, that's it's mainly safer just because you have full-on military basically there. But... But yeah, I'm saying you have like, like solid wall. Like, you I got mean, solid like walls. You can control the entrances and exits yeah. a little more. So I like. I just liked kind of the skybox apartments that they had and stuff like that. Like, that was just cool. That was Jackson just really definitely cool. had a better vibe. Like I, I'm more into like sort of like where like I live. A is small like, town. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, small town. Very western vibe to it, right? With yeah. the stables and all that stuff. But anyway, I thought that was interesting. Um, all right, but then you take control of Abby and you head out for your first mission with Manny and with Mel who it wasn't until this moment, I know she had spoken briefly in other scenes, but in this moment, when you when you talk to her a lot, I was like, oh, that's Ashley Birch. That's Aloy yeah. talking. Because um, her voice is very distinctive. I want to say both, well, to me, both the girls' voices, especially that person, they sound very similar. Or maybe I just recognized them right away, but I was like, yeah. I can't, sometimes I was like, is that Mel talking? Or is that... Is that Abby? Because I was I was recognizing yeah. both voices, but I couldn't remember which. Well, they voice. were in um, the life. What's that one? The rewind. Life, life, is, strange. Strange. life, life is, strange. is strange together. That's the last game I remember okay. playing with them both in it. Um, they the have very similar voices. Plus, you hear them all the time. Yeah. They're like Troy Baker. They're almost in every game now. Yeah, but the difference is, I think, like, Laura Bailey, very talented. Awesome job as Abby and in her other roles, too. She did great as Kate in Ge- the Gears games. She's awesome. But not a lot of um, – what am I trying to say? I, I wasn't going to say nuance, but that's not correct. There is a lot of nuance. There's not a lot of uh, adjustment from character to character. You can kind of mm-hmm. tell right away it's her. With Troy Baker, there's times I'm like, oh, I, did, I had no idea that was him. Oh, yeah, when he or does Nolan. Joker. And Nolan North is the same way. Like, And and so certain voice actors, I think, yeah. are like, hey, here's a character I do, here's a voice I do. Let me know if it works I for the think character. both those girls have, like, really good voices, and they they pull off yes. the characters they play. But they're, they're great actresses, yeah. Yeah, they're, it's not me downplaying their, their abilities. They're really good, but they're almost like – I don't know if they're a one note like actress, but it's more like, hey, we have this role. We want one of these two girls to play it. I, I was so they say, always sound the same. I was going to say, like, I actually didn't really care for Mel's character that much. I hated Mel. I did too. So yeah. annoying. I think most of that party there are just not great characters. Like, not like bad people, but like, I don't know. There's just some, they just, they weren't interesting to me. Even Owen, who you probably should like, I didn't hate him, but I didn't yeah. love him. I, I just don't Jordan, think I had enough time. I wanted to murder. <laughs> Nora, I was attracted to, but then when she talked, I was like, I want to murder her too. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Okay. So they did a good job of like making you, while you're playing Ellie, want to kill all of them. Sure. Yeah. But sure. then when you take over as Abby, yeah, Manny's kind of cool while it's Abby and Manny, but for the most part, Mel's annoying. Owen's okay. Like he's kind of charismatic when he's with yeah. Abby, which we'll talk about in her um, memories. 
but like the rest of the crew wasn't that interesting yeah i yeah well i I found myself attaching to the characters that showed to be loyal to abby above isaac and the wlf so like manny was 100 percent on her side he helped her sneak around and disobey and nora even in the hospital was 100 like she didn't even hesitate she unlocked her right right away yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I was like, all right, I like her. She's a little ride or die with Abby. Little, I, I like that. That's cool. Um, but other than that, I couldn't stand Mel. She was really annoying. But I also empathized with her. She was put in a tough spot. She clearly was sure. in love with Owen, but couldn't totally wrench him out of the and heartstrings. Here's, here's of my other thing. Abby. Yeah. Why would Owen even be interested in Mel? She's freaking ugly. Like most. <laughs> I was wait. I was waiting for that. <laughs> I would honestly take Abby over Mel, and I'm would not. You though? A- I would, and okay. I'm not even attracted to the Abby we see now. Now the younger Abby, kind of cute, but the as she gets older and buffer, I'm like, eh, no. By the way, did arms. you hear there was a comment? I forget who she was talking with. It was it Owen or Manny? But she t- she brags about how much she benched. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. 185, and <laughs> Owen's like, yeah. That was the flashback to the aquarium, I think. At that some point, I just says- played it. At some point later on in the game, somebody's like, oh, they're describing her. I think it's Tommy describing her because uh, he had talked to some merchant. Yeah. Like, yeah, built like an ox. And I was like, yeah, that's like the perfect description. <laughs> yeah. She is she is Jack. Oh, yeah, at the very end, well, we'll get to there. But there is yeah. a description that, yeah, fits yeah, her perfectly. Built like there. an ox. Like, built like an ox with arms like mine. All right. Yeah. Um. All right, so we I loved that first section looking back on it. I hated it at first because I didn't want to control Abby. But, boy, are there some really cool environments they – send you out on everything from getting attacked while you're trying to get to the forward base to go do your assignment to the aquarium flashback with Owen, where you get to see Owen and Abby really connect. But Abby of course pushes them away. They find this really romantic kind of dome where they can see all the fish and seals around them and they start to kiss. And then she, all she can think about is this lead to go find Joel or whatever, whatever that was. Very abrupt because they're having a nice time and yeah. Yeah. She doesn't strike me as a very romantic person anyway, right? She's yeah. she's got a pretty pretty thick exterior. And he even mentioned that at one point, like, hey, underneath all that is uh there's some softness underneath there. But anyway. Um so yeah, uh they started giving us flashbacks with Abby and things like that. I started to soften to her point of view once i realized who her dad was when they showed saint mary's in the flashback even before they showed the flashback of joel killing him and her finding him i immediately was like dude this is her dad's murderer that's why she did what she did so call me crazy and i'm sure i'm in the minority here i immediately started judging her way less because i started to see how she was interacting with her crew and she's an awesome leader incredible fighter of course she's a little too jacked that was a little ridiculous but i got used to it whatever (laughs) Um, and I found her, I loved her kind of calm and quiet demeanor for the most part. Like I liked that personality she had. She wasn't like a showboat, whatever. I found her to be a really compelling character watching her like pet the dog, everything about it. I was just like, I'm kind of liking this character. Yeah. Um, well, that's exactly what they, they want you to do. They want, well, it worked on me. All right. They wanted you to be uncomfortable immediately with what was happening, which was you playing as her and then slowly, you know, what, whatever, whatever part of her journey that you're experiencing, you will connect with the most. They want you to latch onto that and be like, ah, okay. I'm yeah, I get, I get the Abby thing. I get what's going on here. So I think between her and Ellie, you know, she is the more, I don't want to say likable, that's bad. But she's the more realistic character to survive this type of world because she is less emotional and more in control. Doesn't mean she doesn't have emotions. You saw it with Joel. Even that, like, she was 
she was out of character because we learned what her character is after that. Um, but she, for the most part, is a very controlled, military, emotions, stay out of it type person. Whereas yeah. Ellie runs a lot off emotions. Like, yes, she does shut down and get quiet and all that stuff. But for the most part, especially when you see her like murdering somebody, she freaks out. Like if well, they she, say something, anything yeah. wrong, she freaks out. Well, so. again, she got to be in a nice kind of almost rural setting type of town for a few years. She got to live a somewhat normal life there, like going to to school and having friends and and like going around and. Well, I think she started to feel for people too. Right. Um, where so she had more opportunities. I, I would say her entire life before that, she probably had maybe feelings for Marlene. Well, the, the her gay lover, but also like Marlene as yeah. a parent figure. But other than that, she didn't have really anything else until Joel and then Jackson for four years. But anyways, the point I'm trying to make is that I, I can see why people could like Abby, but also dislike her. But I think honestly, the character, they did a good job of showing the similarities between her and Ellie, but they also made her less emotional. They made her more, like I said, military, disciplined, structured. Whereas even though she has this personal vendetta and journey that she's on to, to, to kill people that is emotional, Ellie is definitely more emotional. And well, she yeah. doesn't shy away from showing You're it or expressing it. Your experiences and your losses will shape you. And so what you see with Ellie is, and she says this to Joel in the ranch house in, in the part one, you know, in, in the first game, she says that everyone in my life has either left or died. Yeah. yeah. But I think she's had more cases of people leaving. And even though Joel was killed violently, yes, that's horrible. She feels, in my opinion, she feels like he actually sort of left her life in a way when he lied to her, when he chose to lie to her that way. And but so I... I feel like there was a betrayal there that she experienced. Yeah. So she is very hesitant to trust anybody, even Dina. Like she's very kind of like, ah, it takes her a while to soften up. Yeah. She's not a naturally like open person. I think Abby's a little more naturally open to friends and friendship. I think that's just what the vibe that I got between the two of them. I think so she's Abby comes off to... as more likable. Yeah, Abby's easier to connect with on a surface level, but I don't think she goes that deep, which we already talked about how she's like clearly it likes It takes a Owen. while. Clearly yeah. likes Owen, but even though she likes Owen, still going to push him away. Dude, she totally does. I When I started my new game plus, um, I was playing a little bit this afternoon while the kids were napping, and um, that opening scene where he you first play as Abby. It's the very first time. The whole story hasn't even kicked off yet. Joel's still alive, all this stuff. And Owen is talking to you as you walk through the snow. He wants to show you Jackson. And even the little jokes, little banter they have there, like she is head over heels for this dude. It's oh, so yeah, obvious. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, and even her reaction when he tells her that uh, Mel's, Mel's pregnant, things pregnant. like that. So, yeah, she's clearly in love with them without a doubt. She just struggles to know how to actually, how do you live that out? Like, how do you act on it? How do you communicate it? And, and for, for some reason, she struggles with that. And I'm, we're not going to jump ahead. Let's stay on the path we are. But I do want to mention it just because I don't want to forget it once we do get there. And maybe we can bring it back up. But, like, the the story shows, like, the patterns. Like, Ellie, you, you mentioned how she, all she's ever known is loss. You know, mm -hmm. either death or, you, or they leave her. Well, if you notice, as you get towards the end of her story arc, she does the exact same thing to somebody that she loves. She self-sabotages because she's now in this 
pattern where she literally does what everybody's already done to her, which if you actually evaluate your own life, you'll realize everything I do is a pattern and it's patterns that you picked up from what Tim, like he said, from the experiences that you've experienced, like the loss or the death, the hurt, the betrayal, all that is all these patterns that we repeat. Ellie does it. Um, Abby does it. But the game is so Mm -hmm. long that they're able to show these patterns for both these characters. And and again, we'll talk about it towards the end. I thought it was interesting. Yep. So in this first section with Abby, although it is quite lengthy, this whole section, you you go through a a kind of a, looks like a Home Depot type warehouse, which I kind of liked that area too. And then you, you move on to some other areas, but eventually, um, and I'm, I know I'm skipping some stuff, so feel free to jump back and fill in the gaps here. But the part I really wanted to talk about with Abby was when she does get captured and dragged along and i think that's when she has the flashback to the aquarium maybe i can't remember but after a flashback she wakes back you know kind of comes to and you realize oh yeah she just got captured by the scars and they drag her over and string her up ready to hang her ready to gutter and hang her that's that's from uh the the trailer too the one of the one of the early ones right yeah yeah we had no idea Um, who this person was we thought it was a random character they were showing us how cruel things were but nope it was and, a pretty pivotal character. And prior to that, I think that's that was like the main point for her, um, story-wise, of like finally having the information of where I th- it was. It Tommy actually that she, I forget if it was actually Joel specifically that she got a tip on, or if it was the or Tommy or somebody. It was on Tommy, right? Yeah, yeah. But she like finally has that information, so right there is like she's like we're gonna go, I'm gonna go. Yep. So. Yep. Um. Uh, so I think that's when that was. I might have skipped some stuff, so feel well, free as we go on. Day one back. for Seattle is her journey to the aquarium to meet up with Owen, because remember, yeah. Owen never reported back. And his oh, yeah. That's Danny guy, was right? Killed. Danny was killed. So that's who Nora showed. She's like, here's Danny. And that's when um, that's when she kind of freaks out, like not freaks out emotionally, but freaks out like, oh, my God. Oh, wait, that's what it was, dead. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Danny's dead. What's going on with Owen? And then she finds out from Isaac that yeah. basically Danny says that Owen shot him. So her whole journey for day one in Seattle is to get to the aquarium. Yeah, because this is, is post killing Joel. So. Yep. And then day yeah, two. After killing Joel, and it is after she separates from uh, Manny and Mel. Because I think, if I remember correctly, Manny helps her get to a certain yeah, point. Yeah. And then after the conversation her. with Isaac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she asks if I can go get Owen because obviously they he, Isaac knows what happened with Danny. So she's saying, let me go get Owen so we can get this figured out because otherwise they're going to like kill the dude. They're going to, yeah. you know, punish, punish him. So, um, yeah, that's what it was. I, I had the timeline there mixed up. But. You know, what's interesting is because they, they do eventually get to the – you're right. They get to the aquarium, and then I think it's right after the aquarium that she gets captured. Um, because it's that's when they she meets up with uh, Yara for the first time, um, right as she's about to get gutted and hanged. The even the lady is actually stabbing her enough that some blood's coming out, and then Yara happens to attack right then. Yep. And then that's when you meet her. Uh, she gets captured though. Does she attack then, or does she get captured too? I forget how it happens, but she does get captured and gets her arm smashed to smithereens with a hammer. She does something to that chick, I think, and that's where they like hammer she her. Spit, she yeah, spit she spit at her. her. Yeah, so they say clipper wings and i was like what does that mean <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they well, take a hammer and they were going to do both arms but they just get the one because that's when lev a character you get to know quite well over time too 
uh, starts firing from the shrubs with the so arrows. So what's your thought on Lev? Because when she first picked him up, I was like, this guy is annoying. Like, I just <laughs> want him to die. But Jeez. then as the character sticks around, because I don't think I really... Oh, that's because she does get rid of him. So yeah. it was like she helps out both of them, and yes. then she leaves. Yeah. And that's well, when first I mean, of all, I want to talk about that sequence real quick because that yeah, yeah. that was the part I think you were referencing in our impressions where it's like they want you to do some melee stuff, but too many. Oh, and this is a new type of uh, infected probably, that we haven't yeah, talked way about. Back, yeah. The yeah. scramblers or whatever scramblers, they call it. Yeah. Stalkers, I think. I forget what they were called. But the idea is that they can probably hear you too, but they can definitely see you from a distance. You can't really hide from them. They're just waiting for a chance to attack. They're quieter. They're like little nimble. Like they kind of crawl around almost like Gollum, but they're yeah. like fast. They're faster. Uh, they're quieter. They're harder to hear when you do your listen mode. I yeah. think they also spot you way early. Like, there's not really much you can do to hide from them. You have yeah. to They're sort like of... easy to kill, but they're pretty much impossible to stealth because yeah, they... Yeah. The, cannot be heard. The best they, way to take them out is to get them to be behind something and pop their head out and look at you and just snipe them with something like a bow and arrow or something. Or That's the throw best. A, way. throw a bottle, they'll run to those too. Or yeah. trip mine. Trip mines were great against them too. Yeah. So anyway, there's a bunch of those that are just bombarding you from the forest, and I, I think that's the part you were probably describing, Derek, where the melee starts to get really annoying. You're trying to dodge, 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 and you get one or two hits in. So that was that part did annoy me a little bit. You um, fight the big lady too. That's where I, that's what I was gonna say. You get to the first kind of like human, yeah. large human melee fight. What do you guys think about how they did those fights? There's I think two, um, or maybe three of those. Well, that one specifically is brutal because so when you finish the fight, so she has like this almost like this pickaxe weapon, and when you kill her, you just take the pickaxe, just big wide swing right down on her freaking eyeball. Yes. Yeah. And it's just very detailed and very gory and. I was Look like, up. oh, man, I let out an audible gasp. I was like, oh, jeez. Like, yeah. Some yeah. of those fights were intense, and I will say that, for the most part, they were fun. It's just, and, and I'm skipping, obviously, all the way to the end when I talk about these fights. They're repetitive, and we've seen Naughty Dog do this over and over and over, especially for, like, end boss fights. It's it reminded me of the end thing. boss fight. What's the, what's, which Uncharted has the sword fight at the end? Four. That's four. Okay. So dumb. And it's really <laughs> annoying. It's all based off like, rant, like, for example, a lot of the fights, like, especially when you're fighting this big, big, like, black dude at the end, oh, he's, yeah. he's like, he can cut cut through your, your hit. So if you start the hit, he can just go right through it and knock you down. So you have to obviously time when he's done swinging, but it's not consistent. Like, I was even trying to find patterns, and it took me a while to finally find a pattern. It's just, it's just the only hint is how much have you hit him. Once you take him down a certain amount of well, health, he swings three times. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, he does two swings normally, I think, and then he would start doing the three swing you know, yeah. move. So I got, I got annoyed with that. But the, my main point is that basically it feels like Naughty Dog has two boss fights. And that's one is fist fights, which are annoying. And two is like stealth, like hunt them down. Then punch him a few times, and then some cutscene happens, and then you got to reset. Other than the big Resident Evil fight, yeah, that was a good one though. That was a that was a yeah, yeah. straight up boss that fight. That was yeah. full blown. That was terrifying. Also, that was a very scary <laughs> boss fight because I died probably five or six times yeah. total during yeah, that fight. Yeah, because that's a one hit kill fight. Like, and that boy, thing kills the you. way that he snaps her is pretty rough. But anyway, um, <laughs> I was like, ah. Oh, yeah. that's not cool. That's very rude. Um, but anyway, uh, what I liked about that was that so Yara and Le so Yara's arm is essentially useless. 
Yeah. And so Lev's trying to escape, and Abby's like, I got nowhere else to go. I'm going to follow them. They know the way out of here. Yeah. Um, and she also just saved them a bunch too by fighting off those stalkers. Uh, and then you get to that section where the big giant scar person is about to just smash both of them with the axe or hammer, or whatever she's got. That's a decision point for Abby. Like, am I, am I done with these two? Am I good? But of course she, in my mind is not a bad person. I think she's got more good than bad in her. And she's got some of that anti-hero, just like Joel would, where I do bad things selfishly sometimes, but in general, I want to help people who need help. Well, Liara saved her life. That was the main thing. Cause she, cause Abby was hanging. And when Lev shot the arrow at, at the, uh, the other two, cause they, they were pinning her down. They, they cut them. They cut her down. Right. Yeah. They cut her. Yeah. And then Le- she tells Lev to cut her down. So, right. Yeah. yeah, but that was mutual, meaning she had already helped save right, Yara, yeah. and then Yara was like, "Yeah, you can, you can, you can cut her down." I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. She took her freaking time. Like I'm like, dude, she's, <laughs> she's like choking to death, right? I, yeah, I didn't see it as out of obligation in that moment, just because I think they had saved each other's backs a bunch on that run up till that point. Sure. That that would have been a perfect time for her to silently wait. For that person to kill them off or take care of them, whatever, and then you're back on your own, back doing what you wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. But she she didn't. She wanted to help them, and that's when um, you see another shift in Abby's character, where now she's got these two younger characters that she's caring for, even though they're supposed to be her enemies. But keep in mind, Abby's not like WLF for life. Like she's joined them only relatively recently, right? They are yeah. displaced fireflies. Well, from and I think three four years all... ago still wanting to be fireflies yeah she's not Mainly like loyal all. to the wlf and isaac for you know till death do them part and hates the scars she just knows the scars are their enemy and in general they try to kill her so she kills them yeah yeah but i don't think she, she harbors make a, a lot of comments like like i just started playing with her again i'm i just got past the aquarium part like the flashback and then started uh moving forward from there but like there's multiple times already in my short playthrough with her the second time where she's made comments about like how much she can't stand the scars or how stupid yeah. they are something like that so well, all she knows of them is that they hang people and gut them and paint on the walls so she blood. has a lot of disdain towards them even though she's not yeah. she is loyal to the wolves but she's not like She's not originally from that area. So. Yeah. Their goal, their goal, that group of friends that are loyal to each other. Like you were talking about how uh, you like the fact that Nora chose Abby over Isaac. Well, it makes mm-hmm. sense because that whole group, all they're talking about is going back to the fire. Yeah. Well, I heard a rumor. I heard a rumor. I heard a rumor. Well, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. But they're all talking about it because they all actually really want to go back to the fire. Yep, they exactly. Want- they found a home with the WLF, but it's not someplace that they are necessarily tied to forever yeah um so yeah i i did like that i did like uh the connection that she starts to make with those two and of course they uh they do get to the um to the aquarium i think this is the way that goes right and they discover the the arms in trouble well no so they go into like a little abandoned like um not trailer home oh she leaves them behind right like yeah 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 she helps them get the arm set and then yeah she resets the arm because it's all that's right that's yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So she leaves them in that trailer knowing that they're exposed because it's a heavy trafficked area and she tells them to get out of here. And but and then she goes and does connect with – doesn't yeah. she go to the aquarium? The yeah. aquarium's pretty much right outside. I think she craw- like jumps over a fence or something like that. And, and yeah. Then, 
I forget the uh, how quickly she's at the aquarium. But, but right I do now. know this is when you start to see, you mentioned the hallway. One of you mentioned the hallway in the hospital. This is when this thing becomes, I mean, it already was a really important memory and dream for her, this hallway that she walks through the door and has to run down the hallway into the OR to find her dead dad. And instead, this time in her dream, she goes down there, opens the door, and there's Yara and Lev hanging with their guts spilled out like the scars were likely to do to them if they were to catch them. Because what you learn is that these two have betrayed the belief system, betrayed the cause by... Mainly Lev. Mainly Lev, yeah, because Lev was actually a girl who's becoming a boy. Right. And so that's where... That's so, where um, so she is trans... Yeah, okay. Cause, yes, which yeah. it doesn't get revealed until you're traveling with Lev and you discover they're all calling her Lily. Lily. And then Yara gives you some insight at the aquarium about how, yeah. like... When you know she told them because they, she was chosen to, or he was, they keep calling him he very consistently. He yeah, was yeah. chosen to be a wife. And it's like, oh okay, so he was definitely yeah, yeah. a girl and is now a boy. Got it. So that, that's the storyline there, and that's why the scars hate them so much and want them dead because they are now, crazy. You're cult. missing an important uh, little little thing there, Timothy. So she's imagining that sequence going down the hall. They're hanging. She wakes up. Well, she wakes up on the boat because. They were just doing some stuff. Oh, that's right. That's when she that found, happened. She okay. did find Owen. That's right. She found Owen on the boat. By the way, can I just mention, every time I returned to the aquarium, because I wasn't keeping track of what that said day two or anything like that, I was expecting to find Mel and Owen dead. I just kept thinking, wow. like, oh, is this when they're dead? Oh, no, not yet, not yet. Okay. Like, Because there was one time when it was actually stormy, too, and I was like, oh, I think this well, is... I think, this. It's, I think it's that night, yeah. But there's multiple storms because then okay. it said Seattle day two. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, 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 it hasn't happened yet. Well, it's Seattle. So, it rains a lot, right? So. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, she you're right. Owen. Yeah, so she finds Owen. They actually get into a bit of a fight, but that turns into crazy sexy time. It does. And, um, it does. Drunken and sexy time. Drunken Jeez. crazy sexy time. That's right. And then that's when she – you're right. She wakes up the next morning after that dream and just decides I have to go help them. Yeah. Um, so again, so Dan, let me ask you this at this point, when she chooses to go back to help them, are you still thinking 100% monster? Are you softening on her a bit? What's your thought on Abby? That, that was that, that specific part is what I mainly like is, um, her feeling that connection to them because she basically is, is kind of established cares about them because they're kids. Like she i think she sort of gets that there's something going on there because they do mention how they're not they're not really part of the seraphites anymore in some way shape or form like something gets right. mentioned there and and she you know sees them she knows that they're kids like they don't deserve this they don't even really want to be a part of it they're trying to escape like right so obviously that part of her feeling that sympathy for these people that she's been killing this whole time because also they're trying to kill her and her people then that that was the turning point for sure Yep. Yep. You're right. So that's, and that's, to me, that's a big turning point for her as well. She becomes yeah. a little bit more of the hero, but here's another thing I noticed. And I'm curious if you guys agreed with this, this almost feels like a, a, a social, no, not social, a gaming experience experiment. They want to run. Mm. Will you, the gamer, the person con holding the controller, will you grow more attached to a character simply because you're the one controlling them and trying to help them survive? Is there an attachment factor there? So I think there's a combination of the story moments and character decisions she's making and the fact that she's a character I'm controlling, that I'm doing the stealth and the attacking and the shooting and the surviving with, at least for me. Like I, That also helped me for whatever. Like if she had just been a side character who they tried to redeem, it would have been tougher. But she was my main character that I was controlling. 
And I'll ask you guys this, because I know, Tim, you liked Abby more than Daniel. Not that Daniel didn't like her, but he preferred Ellie. Hmm. But you eventually get to a place where you do come face-to-face with Ellie, and it is one of those stealth-like boss fights um, where Ellie actually has the advantage. I personally still liked Ellie more than Abby at that time. So when I was playing it, I was like, I wanted to win because I can't move forward in the game unless I win. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I... I hated not, punching her. I hated her. Oh, yeah. That's what I was saying earlier. I wasn't connected to Abby enough to justify me to feel in a way where yeah. I was like, yeah, well, I want to kill Ellie. I was no. actually I was actually legit, and I wanted to ask you guys, in that fight, I was legitimately concerned that they were going to make me kill her. Yeah. Like, I thought that's what the outcome was going to be. Yeah, I, I felt that way a lot. And yeah. that wasn't the I only fight that I felt that's that what they wanted everybody to yeah, feel. Yeah, yeah. And I'll admit, because I'm psycho, I was like, yeah, kill her. But it wasn't because I was rooting for Abby. It was more like, I just want to wrap this story up. So if this is how we're going to end you weren't, it. You weren't at the end yet. No, that was part of my, uh, the other surprise was I was like, okay, let's just do this. But yeah. again, I'm jumping ahead. We still have more to talk about with Lev and stuff like that. Because I found but, him, her to be annoying in the beginning. But no, yeah, I didn't feel that way at all. Oh, I, I, I actually, I definitely sympathize with them because of the whole like, she, she just shaved her head. That's all she did, and this entire group wants to murder she, her. And her family. He was just so annoying about it. Whereas her, her his sister. Was it the dialogue, or I mean, I don't, I don't remember, I don't remember being annoyed by. He was very her. like cold and annoying, even towards Abby. Oh where, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, he was, where, he was not trusting of her for a while. Exactly. Oh sure. But understandably, I, get the, I get the trust issues, but yeah. even at that point, the sister, Yara, was more trusting, more nice, was willing to, like, work with that. Well, she's first. older, too. I think she's just a little more, like, has well, a little... Well, she's uh, more like fragile, that. too, with a broken arm. Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, she needs help. But she was more trusting, too. And I felt like they were just making excuses for Lev. To me, like, Lev caused all this drama. Like, I would be more angry that makes like sense. Even, even Yara, I feel like Yara should have been more angry with Lev. And I know she like kind of opened up and shared and showed a little bit of frustration, but it wasn't enough where they were still letting Lev off the hook on everything, all the behavior, yeah. running away, everything. Where I'm wondering if it's because of what she, what Lev just went through with what she considers family, right? This entire cult that she's living with, like this is her family, and they're basically like. We're just gonna murder you because you shaved your freaking head. So like she and it's a child. Lev's a child. So Lev's like I I don't know if I can trust this person who's been trying to kill all of us. Like I I don't know what to do here. It's almost like, like a modern day Mulan story where it's like I don't want to be a bride. I don't want to settle for this life. I want to fight and and be a warrior. And, and they weren't okay with it, right? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The I think I think the thing that bothered me was how much they. I mean, they've got a war coming. They've got WLF to worry about. And they're going to devote all these resources towards tracking down this little girl who decided she's now a little boy. That, to me, again, it's very possible. There are crazy cults out there. I get it. I totally get it. Absolutely. But I I would have bought the scenario a little more if, let's say, Lev had gotten in trouble and the two of them together had to kill someone that was going to, you know, it was attacking them or Whatever, they had to escape, and they killed someone. Like, whatever the thing was, that would have been a much more drastic, you really betrayed us 
moment, but that's not what it was. So that to me was a little hard. They, they explain it a ton. The dialogue between Abby and Lev is pretty nonstop about their belief system and, yeah, and yeah. why this was important. So they really hammer home why it's so important to that, to the scar, to the Seraphites. But I was still a little bit like, well, okay, I guess they that was about this. I would say if I had to sum it up, and again, the second playthrough may change the way I feel because I have a feeling I'm going to catch on to things more. I'm going to pay attention to different things being said. But we, you asked earlier on part one of our, our show, which character did you connect with? Which playthrough did you like? Did you like Ellie or did you like uh, Abby? And my answer was Ellie, but it wasn't because I hated Abby. I actually like Abby. It's because I don't like Lev. I can't stand Lev. I can't stand. Oh, I like Lev. I, I did like the. Arc. I okay. think towards the end, when um, when Yara is killed and Lev starts to gain trust and starts to be like, I'm your full time partner. Like we're in this together. That's when I started liking their story more. Okay. But that first two days in Seattle or whatever, or whatever you deal with, with just you and Lev trying to rescue. Well, it's one day where you're trying to rescue or help Yara. Well, so you well, you're getting the up. supplies. Yeah. yeah. So that's when I that's I when I connected that. with Lev was yeah, actually yeah. on that the bridge yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So what we didn't talk about yet was that Yara's arm has gotten so bad it's what they called um oh shoot like the um, the, the bones are like pressing in or something compacted I forget what it was yeah. but basically like we this thing's got to go the arm is done yeah and Mel doesn't and Mel is the one who said like they're surprised and like I can't believe you brought scars in here but Mel's willing to help reluctantly right. and says I'm gonna need these supplies and then Lev said because so they'll say it's gonna take way too long she'll be dead by the time you get back and then Lev says there's actually a shortcut I can get you there in two hours for these bridges that are way up high in the air. So that's when I really started to like both. And there's two, like Abby and Lev more. Like I started to really like both of them throughout that whole section for two reasons. One, you get more and more um, uh, visibility into Abby's biggest fear and that's heights. (laughs) And I really liked that a lot. I liked that thing because that was very realistic. A lot of people have that. And I actually felt for her because some of those moments were like, holy crap, I'm up way too high. Yeah, she just and bombs galore because like she's just I, on a skyscraper. <laughs> I loved it. I loved yeah. that whole sequence, but also it's consistent with the beginning of the game when she's walking with Owen to look at Jackson in the snow. Yeah. And she's terrified of that ledge, and he has yeah, to yeah. like look at me, look at me, you're gonna be fine. So anyway, um, I liked that. I also liked the way they were actually learning from each other as they went. Whether it was like, hey, these teachings don't say this; they've corrupted the teachings to become something different. Um, and they actually give each other some help. Like Lev actually talks her through dealing with some of the fear, which I thought was cool. Um, and actually, I and Abby ask... teaches Lev how to say the F word, which is funny. Yeah. So. <laughs> but it's interesting, though. So they're going through this whole experience, Yara and Lev, basically being shunned. But yeah. every time they come to, like, uh, a painting of, of whatever the deity that they, like, worship, mm-hmm. so to speak, or the, the person who started this, the, the Seraphites. Yeah. Like, the one that they sort of worship. May um, she guide you. Yeah. They they still pray right. to to it or to her or whatever. They're still devout in their beliefs. Yeah. And part of those beliefs are that the people who currently are in charge and running the what the scars are now are – they've twisted it. Yeah, they've twisted the word. The word is it's supposed to be apparently a religion of peace and yeah. and um, but they've twisted it since yeah. uh, I since, really Isaac, since Isaac killed their leader. You kind of yeah. learned that on the side a little bit. I they captured and at one they point Isaac, yeah, and they captured and killed the leader, which they're saying, yeah, good, you created a martyr out of her. Great job. Yeah. Um, 
so anyway, that's when I started to like Lev more. By the way, I want to talk about the descent. When so when you go down through that building that's falling to pieces and you have yeah. floor after floor, I thought that was one of the coolest designed areas. I just thought it was yeah. so cool looking and some cool areas that you have to figure your way through. But. When they fell into the actual building, when they were on that bridge going yeah. from building to building, yeah. and they actually fell off and like threw the glass into the uh-huh. pool, I was like, oh, gee, <laughs> that yeah. was terrifying. That really was. But yeah. then, yeah, the descent through the building was uh, was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, I thought that was great. And then, of course, that gets you to um, – I believe that gets you to the hospital, right? Yep, yep, yep. yep. And he tell, yeah, she, Abby tells Lev to wait outside. Yep, so Lev's waiting, and yeah. things look good at first. She gets, and everyone recognizes her. It's hard to not notice Abby, right? She's a big, beefy muscle girl. Ox lady. Um, but they quickly check in with Isaac, which is annoying. Smart on their part, but still annoying uh, for Abby. And then they, they handcuff her to an elevator, basically saying, you're waiting here. Like Isaac said to bring you back. Um, basically, been, uh, gone for a while. you're in trouble. So she's not able to get the supplies she needs and sneak back to Lev until – our buddy Nora comes in, which again helps me remember like where we are on the timeline. Because with mm-hmm. Ellie, I eventually kill Nora, but obviously I'm not there yet with Ellie. Right. So this is before like, Ellie right arrives. Yeah. And so she tells you you can go down to the lower levels, but you might not want to do that. It's pretty rough down there, but the supplies should be in there. That's where Patient Zero was, right? Isn't that what she says? Like that's yeah. where the infection started here in Seattle. Yeah. Like it yeah. started right down there. Yeah. Which I looked up the name of this creature that you end up fighting as the final boss fight. It's called the Rat King, I guess. Oh, I, is that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, is that Patient close. Zero? Is that the first? Is I, that... I'm gonna guess so. I'm gonna guess. Because so. if you it and makes I. Sense. So when you get down there, so at first it seems fine. There just seems like there's gonna be some infected, but then you start to really realize like this is darker and weirder and crazier than before also the yeah. what they introduce and in, during the descent and is all over the place in the hospital is those um the stalkers can be essentially sleeping in the walls yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. and pop out so once you learn to recognize where they are and you can pretty easily see where their head is you can just pop a headshot before before they jump out which is the way to do it if you've got enough silencers or bows and arrows to do that um but anyway, the Rat King is actually comprised of several bodies because when you yeah. actually look at it, it's like it's like this giant goop. So when you first go by the door, she tries to open it and something grumbles and you can see it's yeah. a larger form. If you do the listen, I did a listen right then yeah, and yeah, he yeah. is massive and he's right by the door. Yeah. Um, but uh, when you do finally get the door open, if you because he has escaped and gone to a different area and you yeah. you have to go that way, too. But if you actually go into the area where he was or it was, mm-hmm. it's crazy and disgusting there's like yeah. this big giant hole with this chasm where he had been formed or sleeping i don't know man it's gross yeah. it's yeah. really gross yeah. yeah it's terrifying and gross and yeah yeah it's pretty messed up so this is where it gets very resident i think this whole section is very resident evil to me in, in a very yes. good way because you guys know i'm not as big of a resident evil fan as you guys but this section reminded me of those games a lot and i really liked it because it was very intense I remember this was pretty late at night. I was trying to get in as much time as I could while everyone was asleep. And I should have gone to bed, but I started this section and I could not stop playing it because it was yeah. so intense. I was like, I'm never going to sleep <laughs> until I finish <laughs> this. Yeah. Um, but again, correct me if, if you want to go back and fill in any gaps, but eventually you get to what I think is the most legit video game style boss fight of the whole game. Yeah. And that's Abby fighting off this. At first, there's a chase sequence, which was scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's crawling through the, because she's looking around, she's checking all the um, like first aid looking kit uh-huh. boxes. And she finally finds supplies. like uh, a little surgery suture kit and all that stuff. Yeah, and the ambulance. 
and then the camera pans around and the thing's just lurking right behind her, right? Because yeah. she goes through the front of the ambulance, so she like bashes through the glass through the windshield. Well, yeah. that's how she gets out because she opens yeah, yeah, the yeah. back doors to get in, and yep, then all yep. of a sudden that thing blocks her exit, yep. and it's like, oh my gosh, what yep. is that? <laughs> um, so I loved that whole sequence, and, it's, and it, because it was so scary, I thought that was so cool. And then of course yeah. you eventually have to face off with this thing, and took me a few tries. Uh, I highly recommend if you're able to save flamethrower ammo yes. do that that's super yep. effective on this thing um and of course i also recommend running around a lot so at first i thought this whole battle was going to happen in this one little area with the pillar in the middle but actually you've got hallways and multiple rooms yeah. you can't really shift into stealth mode very much like it still is going to know where you are and find you yeah. but as you run if you go through one of the things i like about this game is the new mechanic where and i know it's very simple you hit x to kind of shimmy through a skinny yeah, area opening and it happens yeah. all the time barely open doors walls all that kind of stuff and there's a bunch of those down here and every time you do that big old rat king has to power his way through and that gives you a ton of chances to turn around and just unload on him while he's yeah, fighting yeah. his way through the through the wall so i did that i was also able to find a ton of shotgun ammo so once i kind of got into a rhythm of shoot 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 kind of dodge it before he gets close and if you don't dodge he'll grab you and snap your neck that's not the, cool. the bombs are good in that area too bombs like are great in that area it's yeah. well and if you've upgraded uh your shotgun shells to be incendiary by that point it yep. does yeah. a ton of damage so that anything, ended up finishing off anything fire on infected is real good takes them yeah. out real quick so I loved that boss fight. There's also that piece that breaks off. Yeah, the one, the other person, like maybe that was Patient Zero. I don't know. I don't know, but that's kind of like a stalker, but looks a little different. Yeah. And then you chase that around for a little bit. Eventually, you have to face off with it. It's pretty easy to kill. Um, and then he took oof. a few shots though. He did, he's not as not as easy as a stalker, so he's a little yeah, bit yeah, stronger, yeah. but nothing compared to the Rat King. So. Right. Um. Anyway, eventually get out of there and. And are able to reconnect with Lev and, and head on back. But I liked that whole sequence a lot. Yeah. Um, unless I'm forgetting something, I don't think there's that there's uh, that type of sequence with Ellie, uh, really, where there's a true video game style boss and like really really scary. Um, there's the arcade where she the bloater. Uses, yeah, there's the bloater boss it's fight. It's day three of Seattle, I believe. And you drop in the arcade room, and there's a bloater. I guess there's yeah. also a bloater boss fight during a memory too. But basically, yeah, yeah. anytime it's an infected boss fight, you get that gamey style of boss fight. But if it's a human, you get usually the punching or the stealth. Like they've become very formulaic as well. Agreed. No, that that is a valid thought too, which doesn't bother me is at all. strong suit. Sure. Yeah, but I didn't. The gameplay to me was still fun. Like I'm okay yeah, with. Yeah. Show me, give me something comfortable to lean back on, because your story is throwing me off for all kinds of loops. So. No, no, no. I like yeah. those are my favorite boss fights. It's it's more the melee bull crap. It, that gets annoying. Yeah. I'm cool if you have one or two, but uh, as you get to the end of the game, especially when it's Ellie and and Abby fighting, and that's all you're doing for like three hours. It's, oh my god, how many punches can you take? Like how many times do I gotta dodge you? Like come on. Let's just get to the point. See, this is another one when we return to the aquarium. I, in this moment, also thought, okay, okay, so now Lev and her are going to find the dead bodies together. Maybe mm. something some, Yara had already died. But nope, you get back, and then she can do the surgery on Yara, and Yara recovers. 
Now, you know that's not the case either because so that she does the surgery on her. I don't know if you remember Ellie when she goes to the aquarium. She actually mentions she has a – she's like, oh, what's with all the blood? She actually yeah. sees the surgery at the table she does. she did the surgery. I so just played that today. So, yeah, yeah. 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 She makes so, a comment. But, yeah, yeah, she does recognize that surgery has been done there. Yeah. Um, so that that gets fixed up. But then, of course, Lev and Yara, now that Yara is back to recovering and back on her feet, they have a big argument about their mom whether or not it's yes. worth going back to get them because they want to leave to go to Santa Barbara with Owen and Mel. The mom is very devout. To the the mom's very devout and Yara is way smarter than Lev on this one. She already knows like, hey, we need to cut ties with her mom and Lev's yeah. younger and still attached to mom and wants to convince mom to come. And this is the part where I, I really thought it was. And it's valid to be annoyed with that decision. <laughs> that was very annoying that Lev just jumps sure. in a boat and, and takes I off. And... You can make the excuse. Well, it's just a kid, but still. Like you yes. already knew how your mom felt. You've already yes. been chased. This isn't like you didn't get a letter from your mom saying, please come back. I've changed my mind. Like there's yeah. no reason. But, to do but she's a kid. She, uh, naive. She's naive. Yeah. But yeah, Lev, still, or he's naive. You're, not, I, I don't... you're not running off on your own. No. Yeah. Lev naive. makes some decisions here that are pretty typical for that age um, of a kid. It totally makes sense. I just wish it's just too bad because that ends up, of course, being the reason that Yara dies because they're there right during this big firefight and she gets gunned down by wolves while they're trying to to get out of there. So it's because of Lev that Yara dies, and I'm sure he's not cool with that. That knowledge is going to weigh on him. But prior um, to that, though, actually Lev trying to talk to the mom. Yeah, that, that, that yeah. happens right before that. Well, I wanted to talk about when they go to that island. So. That's one of my favorite. I think that's one of the coolest Dude. looking. The yeah. design is amazing. <laughs> like that whole area was so cool. A lot of the budget was definitely spent on what was going on in the background during that whole sequence there with the WLF uh, oh, trying man. to conquer the island. Yeah, even before the even before the fighting breaks out, I was like, this is a really pretty island. Like yeah. you arrive there and I'm like, this is really gorgeous. And then you get Elite. to that one overlook to the city and then you look down and see the WLF boats all charging yeah. in and it's just, just dude like, it was so epic that like day yeah like that was about as epic of a sequence i guess a series of sequences because there's so many there yeah man that was funny you're taking out both sides scars want to kill you if they see you wlf once they realize that abby's betrayed everybody and she's trying to protect uh lev after yara got shot and isaac's like we'll yep. deal with you at home get out of the way and um, and that's when Isaac dies too, by the way. Very quick yep. and unceremonious death for him as a pretty major home. named character, even though he doesn't have a lot of screen time. Yara just takes him out, and then of course she well, gets. Well, you think of... she's dead because she's on the ground. They yeah. shot her like at least a couple times. Yeah, I think then... someone got her right through the belly like twice or something like that. But yeah, yeah. And then she takes out Isaac, and I'm assuming he's dead, unless you know, in a future installment or DLC or something, he's. Well, still they alive. say over the radio she, that he's dead. Yeah, I th I'm pretty sure he's dead. Yeah. They were nowhere near any place they could help him, even if they. Yeah, you know, yeah. If they wanted to. So, but they unload on Yara, so then yeah. yeah, the other two escape. I really liked those sequences where you're sneaking through essentially battlefields. I really liked yeah. those a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. Did you, did you guys engage in the fighting and fight your way through, or did you just try to sneak through everything? What'd you do? I, I mainly, I mainly disengaged and just stealth to the outside, and then only killed people that I knew could see me, yeah. but were still engaged with somebody else yeah yeah yeah. so i kind of stayed out of it until you get to one part where you actually go to a lit up building and then i wiped out all of them in there and then moved on yeah, yeah just everything there. was on fire just ablaze yep. yeah there is a ton of stuff to loot so when you're going through some of those smaller villages there's a if you go in there where there's you know torches and stuff lit there's so much stuff to loot in there. Um, well, because they know that like if you are somebody who wants to be a little more methodical and do more fighting 
less sneaking, they're like, yeah, there's going to be a lot of fighting going. Like, so you need you out. need to reload. Yeah. 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 Um, I did a mix of both. Uh, for the most part, I stealth through, and of course, by the time you get the, you eventually get to a horse once you fight your way through this little restaurant. There's a big battle going on around that. Um, I did what Derek said there. I kind of went around the the very edges of everything and all the grass that I could, s- quietly sniping when I needed to, um, and then snuck out and got to a horse. And then that's when the stuff gets crazy. So you get yeah. on your horse and then you just start charging through, and there's fire everywhere. And again, I. I was kind of mad it goes by so fast because I wanted to soak it all in. It looked so good. I mean, yeah, there's so much happening in the background. They're it, they're fire. They're fighting each other, but then they, if yeah. they see you, they are shooting at you also. Like yeah, both sides. Or they'll jump on your horse and start, and then yeah. Lev has to help you get them off. It's just really really cool. What an awesome sequence. And then there's a few sections that you can either engage and fight or stealth through, or you can kind of just whether it stuns or whatever you want to just power through. You can kind of just power your way through to next. You don't have to stop and fight if you don't want to. You can kind of yeah. run your way through. Um, anyway, it's all very frantic. It's all very chaotic. And eventually you get to that fight that Derek mentioned where you fight the big burly dude with his – I think he has an axe or a hammer or something. Mm-hmm. Is it a Seraphite? I think it's a Seraphite. It's right? a Seraphite, yeah. 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 Um, but tough. So you're fighting him at first, and then you get a good stab into the cheek there and rip his half oh. of his jaw off. Yep. And then he looks like a true monster. Cause, He's like the Joker. Like half oh, it's just his face. jaws kind of like flapping. Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> so messed up, dude. Yeah. Um, but of course, you know, I think there were two times that I lost and I had to kind of reset because I, I had trouble with the patterns at first, too. Okay. Um, by the way, and I mentioned this last week, but I'll say it again. I love how forgiving they are with their um, checkpoints. checkpoints. Yeah. Or you can restart an entire encounter again if you want. I like that. They give you some freedom to... Like, hey, I don't like the way I did that one. I'm going to go back and try it again. Yeah. Um, so that's that's pretty forgiving, I think. Um, but yeah, eventually the two of you are able to escape. Yar is now dead. On a boat. And that is when you finally return to the aquarium. Yes. And things are weird. And you find your dead dog, <laughs> Alice. Which, by the way, I was more sad about. Oh, so when, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you're Ellie and you kill Alice, it's like, whatever, this crazy dog tried to kill me. Yeah, yeah. But when you put together the pieces that that was the dog, Alice, that's been not with you the whole game but you've interacted with yeah. it a bunch it's like crap this just sucks on both sides i actually sides. forgot that she killed it like i forgot that sequence and then when i saw the dog i was like oh yeah i was like oh I was like, that's i know i had that feeling <laughs> it, it just hit me all of a sudden i was like yeah. so funny killed, how you get so dog. sad about a dog being killed <laughs> but like you know you watch a person get killed in the game their neck sliced open you're like eh, yeah eh. yeah they shouldn't have been there you know yeah no they shouldn't <laughs> So she finds him, of course, and she gets sick when she sees Owen's dead and yeah, Mel's dead, whatever, but Owen's dead. So she's super sad. Yeah. Um, and then that's when Lev picks up the map and says, here you go. So then finally we're done with the Abbey only section. And it's, dude, I was so amped up. I was like, I am ready to see how this thing yeah. unfolds. I have no idea most, what's going to happen. I, I want to just point out for, for Abby though, that was her most like human moment up to that point, I think. Cause like for like a, a solid 30 to 45 seconds she's just sobbing and just she's on her knees just like i can't believe this is happening like right she's just acting she's just being a person in that moment because again she's got that kind of militaristic attitude about things for a certain part of the game and then she does yeah. care about lev and yara but like here is like just everything unleashed because well like, it's also interesting because yeah. of course you find the map which leads you right back to him but it's just interesting to be on the side of abby where you're sneaking into the theater yeah, just kind of the home base for the characters that, for the all intents and purposes, are our heroes, are our main characters, right? Yep. And it's so, just like it feels so wrong. 
before we talk about like this scene, I do want to say this was another, I thought, real cool thing as far as like when you see Ellie's side only, so at the midway point of the game, and she's got the gun on uh, Abby, and Abby's got the gun on Tommy. Yeah, yeah. And then Abby says to drop it, drop it, and, and Ellie drops it. I had a problem with that because I'm like, you have the gun on Abby. So even I don't if she think she shoots, did. She was crouched down behind the the bar. No, she had the gun on Abby. Did she? Yeah. So even if she shot Tommy, she had a shot on Abby, which right. would have been a fine trade-off for Ellie. Uh, even though she cares about Tommy, realistically, she wouldn't have dropped it. So my point in sharing this is I had a problem with that. Then they show Abby's side, and you've now met this character, Lev, who you don't see in Ellie's scene, but she's yeah, actually yeah. he's actually there. Yeah, yeah. And that's when it goes, oh, Ellie was forced to drop it. She had no choice because even if she could take a shot on Abby, she was guaranteed to die, and Tommy was going to die. Like there was there was no way she was going to come out of this surviving. So it it was kind of cool that they hid Lev, not only because they want to introduce you when they show you Abby's story, but also. Because if you're a person like me, you question, why would she do that? Yeah, why did Ellie do that? Yeah. yeah and now you're Part of the cliffhanger was, why did Ellie do that? I agree with exactly. you. Exactly. So then mm -hmm. now you're going, oh, now I know why. She's right. not stupid. Or it isn't a plot hole. There is a reason for it. So there's the, the thing that does bother me a bit about Abby, and maybe it's because she, you know, this is her first time doing this whole revenge thing. But I feel like living in this world, growing up in this world, I'm surprised she didn't expect wasn't better prepared for some kind of reprisal for what they did to Joel. Yeah. And the fact they let two people live, like there's, I don't know what those steps would have been, but there had to have been thoughts of we can need to step, take steps to be prepared for, for this. Well, uh, I guess she probably just didn't think that this, this girl would go back to like, she, she was being pinned down to the ground. She was screaming like Joel's dead. You know, it's dark. Maybe she's like, she didn't see our faces. She doesn't even know what we look like. But it's like, the same thing, and they show it in the flashback. This is what got to me. It's the same thing. When they show the scene of Joel's death from Abby's perspective, and now yeah, you guys yeah. mentioned this earlier, how you can hear Abby's crew talking while she's screaming. Yeah. But there is a clear connection that Abby makes when she's thinking about her screams, when she came in and found her dad dead in the OR, and Owen comes over and tells her not to look, and she's screaming, right? My dad's yeah. dead. Yeah, yeah. And the same scream. There's Naughty Dog clearly makes a connection for us. The screams that Ellie has when yeah. Joel's dead and she's screaming. Same connection. And so, in my mind, you should put together those pieces like right there. Realistically, logically, they should have killed Ellie and Tommy and then left. Yeah. And yeah, then... but she was stopped. Like I know she wasn't actively trying to kill them too, but both Jordan. I understand why Mel... she didn't do it. All of them, and, right. and they were all in-house arguing, and she just sided with Owen. But at that time, I don't even think she cared about the other two because she just threw down the golf club, was she tired was done. of the argument, and right. she was just like, we're moving on. No, no, I get, I get it that she was done, but she herself just spent four years living in rage and, and just so hungry for revenge and tracked him down. Even when it looked impossible, like with Jackson and all that stuff, she still went for it. So logically, I would think, hey, why wouldn't that person do the same thing? So. Well, I, I well, no, I was gonna say, didn't she think Tommy is dead? But no, she did. Tommy wasn't shot. He was just beat up. He got yeah. shot in the in the theater. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I say I all that to say, I'm just, 
I'm just a little surprised there wasn't. I'm surprised that she was surprised that they came back. Maybe I shouldn't have said they should be more prepared. What do you do to prepare for that? But or surprised like, when, that she found her, anyways. Because again, yeah, she, she definitely is. But she found yeah. Joel, right? There, yeah. she, there was no way she have found him. So, um, anyway, all that to say, that whole sequence was really sad and kind of like it raised the tension to a whole new level because I had no interest in killing Ellie. Yeah, like I understand Ellie makes mistakes. She's very driven by emotion and reaction and all that stuff. Whatever. She's to me the hero of both of these two games. I, I really like Ellie a lot. And I did not want to kill her. And that whole final battle when you chase her back there, first of all, is really well done. Like yeah, yeah. the way you use the environments. And then when you fall down to the next level, you, if you hit the chains, then Ellie's like, I got you now. Like that kind yeah. of thing. Like the chains that are hanging. Um, all I was like, lying around that makes sense. I was like, yeah, come get me, Ellie. <laughs> yeah, kill me. <laughs> but um, so yeah, in general, I still. Like to me, Ellie is the hero of these games, and she's the yeah. one that I root for. She's the one that I want to come out with the happy ending, totally. Yeah. But I was heartbroken that one of these two had to die. Like I wanted them to figure out a way to be like, I understand why you did what you did. Both of them, I wanted them to f- come to some unrealistic understanding and walk away. And I knew it wasn't <laughs> going to happen. I actually uh, thought that's what they were going to do. I thought they were going to have us control Abby. Abby was at a disadvantage with Ellie in that fight and i actually thought they were gonna have you play it out because it's a game and then when it looks like you're gonna win they're gonna cut to a cut scene and ellie like flips it on you and you and she kills abby right there and then you go back to controlling ellie to finish off the game because again i never knew they were gonna have another what seven eight hours of gameplay i thought i shouldn't say that because i knew the timeline from other people but I didn't realize it was going to. Yeah. Keep it depends on how fast you move through that. But yeah, it took me an additional probably five, six uh, yeah. hours. I took my time. I really enjoyed it. But anyway, that final moment where um, it, clearly Abby eventually gets the upper hand. And uh, even though Dina comes in because of Lev, Dina takes an arrow to the shoulder. Yep. And then Dina takes some brutal like face smashes into the ground. Yep. And Abby's getting ready to slice her throat. And that's when Ellie tries to stop her, tries to like appeal to her softer side, to her human side and say she's pregnant. Yep. And Abby's response was pretty much exactly what I think any human being who just had a friend, even if they were at odds, a friend who was pregnant get killed. She says, well, she's pregnant. And she doesn't she say good? I don't think she. I don't think she cares in that moment because Lev. I think she says something like "good," like or something to the to that effect. Oh yeah, she was gonna still do it. Abby was still gonna do it, and I think basically when Ellie says she's pregnant, I think in that moment it's that rush of like, there's this weird combination of of those who are vulnerable with being pregnant, and one of them is dead, and so anyway, um, and of course that look from Lev uh, is what stopped Abby. Yeah. Like, Lev is the one that saved their life. Yeah, Lev saves them. Also kind of realizing, like, this this is evil. This is not the thing to do. That's a pregnant person right there. You've got them beat. Let's get out of here. That's kind of the yeah. what's being communicated there. So that's what the, another question. I, I think that maybe it was answered later, but I don't think it really was. Why did Lev have that power over Abby? Like, I know she cared about him, but yeah. I don't think realistically I, I think she snapped her out of it in that moment like Lev he's all she, he's all she had left yeah and that's my only thought process yeah. is yeah. that i don't want to disappoint him and he abandoned me too because i do this yeah but i also think it goes back to what 
you've been saying consistent, well, we've all been saying, is that Neil Druckmann wants to take us on this journey of this power pattern of revenge and hatred and how it always someone's got to break it or it'll keep going yes it's going to keep going and then and they the way they end this game essentially is they just keep going back and forth but neither one of them can kill each other it almost made me think of batman versus joker where it's like both of them are on opposite ends they both want each other eliminated but they both don't want to actually do it and that's the same thing here it's like they're willing to kill 50 billion people. So I can understand people having a problem with this story wise going, you're willing to kill 50,000 people, but the one person that you're wanting to kill, the, the whole reason you killed these 50,000 people was to get to this one person. And now you get in this repetitive, like we're going to melee well, fight. And then it's, a, it's a recognition you, of humanity. And I think Ellie sees that in Abby at the very end, which we'll get to here shortly. Yeah. She sees that recognition of humanity, the way Abby is so self-sacrificing for Lev, continually, nonstop. And then I think Abby also sees that, even just in a flash of Ellie, again, whether it was hearing her scream for Joel when he died, or right there, seeing that she's got someone she's close to who's pregnant that she's trying to protect. I think they both see little flashes of humanity in the person, which gives them enough pause to change their mind in that moment. And of course, right here for Abby, I think she takes, between the two of them, she's the first one to choose the high road to say, yeah. I don't ever want to see you again. Basically saying like, we're yeah. done. We're yeah. done. Like yeah, they, you've killed, you've killed everyone that I care about at yeah. this point, but I am saying we're done. I don't want to yeah, see like, you ever. Again. I killed your father figure. You killed the person that I loved and some of my friends. Like, I, I guess we're even, so to speak. It's all, yeah. It's all that unspoken. And to thing be fair, Abby thought Tommy was dead. So, yeah, well, I thought he was dead too, to be so honest. Right. So, there was no reason not to think that he took a yeah. bullet to the head. Yeah. So, Really, when she makes that decision, she thinks the only person she's sparing is Dina. And I think the only reason why she is sparing Dina is because of Lev and the fact she is pregnant. Mm -hmm. um, and let's be, be fair, too. While I'm sure she had feelings for Mel, the only one she was really heartbroken was Owen. And Owen yeah, wasn't yeah, pregnant. Yeah. She doesn't care about Mel. Um, she'll get over that. But, like, I think, I think it explains itself fine. It did get, again, we're going to now hit towards the end because um, we've gotten past the, the theater part. But essentially, from there on, you now go to a farm, right? Which, where you which I thought was the end of the game. Yeah. <laughs> I thought so, too. I thought this is the perfect way to end it. I Again, because I thought Dina was going to die, so I thought she was going to die in the theater. And then I'm like, oh, shit, they're going to kill her at the farm. She's going to come back and she's going to kill her. So anytime... It seemed they, too happy. It was like this gorgeous <laughs> yeah. farm when they had something terrible this to adorable happen. little kid. I love the way he was like talking to you. Like, like it was all way too adorable and yeah. happy. So to kind of set the stage for the everybody, basically now we're past... The, I don't know how many months or I think years. it's a year. I think it's about probably a year. I mean, how old is that kid? Look, that kid's here. about, the kid's yeah. probably 10 months to a year old. And yeah. she was probably only like a month or two pregnant. So we're talking about a year and a half probably later. Yeah. So now they've started over. Ellie's all cleaned up and Dina and Ellie have their own farmhouse and you spend a good amount of time. I think it's 30 minutes to an hour. You're just walking around and kind of exploring this farm, the doing baby. little things. And like I said, anytime the game was like, Hey, go away from Dina. You're hurting sheep yep yeah yep. so i kept thinking oh god you know this is where abby's <laughs> gonna come back and kill dina 
Yeah. And, and there's a part where Ellie even says to the baby, oh, let's go check on your mom. I'm like, oh. Yeah, yeah. I, I was waiting for something. Like, and I was waiting for something. Yeah. But yeah. this is this is getting back to where what I talked about before. So now what they're really trying to show us, and they played out for a little while, is Ellie now has the life that I, I believe that she's always wanted. And that Joel life, wanted for her. I was going to say that the life that Joel was trying to protect her yeah. so she could have this life right here where she was she found the love of her life she now has a kid she has a family she has a way and she has a nice house too it's a nice property nice house mm-hmm. it seems protected they've got a nice little system in place they're not too far away from jackson where they can still go see tommy and all them if they want but they've got a nice situation and yet they they take the time to show her being haunted by the memories of oh, joe yeah. And then Tommy actually visits, yep. and so that's where we discover Tommy's not dead because we at this point we thought he was dead. Although he's in rough shape, right? He can barely walk, and his eye yeah. is gone. Maria and him are separated, <laughs> and it, he mentions that. And it totally makes sense that they are because he is full of still hatred. Yep, yep. He's yep. still got the cycle. He's obsessed. Yeah. Yes, yeah. He, he's got the cycle of revenge. So now you have two people basically the devil and the angel on ellie's shoulders you have tommy playing the devil and you have dina playing the angel dina's begging ellie to not listen to tommy she actually kicks tommy out of the house not to listen to tommy because tommy's now coming to her saying hey i got some intel on where i believe abby is um and so he can't go so he's coming to ellie because he wants ellie to finish what she promised him so once once we discover that tommy is alive Ellie makes the promise that she will go after um, Abby. But this is probably a year later. They don't have any intel. Now they do. And she's got this whole new life. And and so, again, it shows you the pattern that she's self-destructive. So even though I've even told you and explained to you that she has everything that she's ever wanted and nothing could honestly be better, she's still going to walk away from it. And Dina tells her, if you do this... There's the potential that you're going to come home to nothing. So and she, she still doesn't because she's still haunted by yeah the memories of Joel. So what I was going to say was so like it's 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 like straight up PTSD. Like she oh, yeah. she experienced the straight up saw the death of this man that was her father figure, and it's just what she sees in her you know when she's sleeping she she mentions how she hasn't been able to sleep, she hasn't been able to eat. Um, I mean, I can kind of, I can resonate with it a bit. So like, cause when my wife and I adopted a dog, um, our, our dog was actually killed by a German shepherd, like mm-hmm. right in front of us. We actually literally had to fist fight a German shepherd cause it, it killed our dog. Um, and we had to rush her to the hospital, not to get all super like, you know, but, uh, yeah, That's like, horrible, I, man. yeah, it's, it was a terrible day and a terrible situation. And it actually stuck with me for a while to the point where I eventually had to, um, see a therapist to be honest because i just couldn't i couldn't let it go so like this moment like with with her like thinking like i can't sleep i can't eat she's having the vision she's seeing she's hearing the noise of the golf club bouncing off of his skull like i i that resonated with me because i i felt that way with the dog with our dog that we adopted yeah i was actually what i was gonna say like yeah. I, I think all three of us have our own stories. We're not gonna share them right here. Although well, I did, so sorry. Dan, but... <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. But like, 
but I think all of us have experienced some type of trauma. There's obviously degrees. I, I think somebody who goes overseas and in the military and kills yeah. a bunch of people, they come back with different P PTSD. Oh, yeah. right. But I definitely experienced it. A lot of people know um, about my story. I definitely experienced it and I still deal with it two years later where there's certain trauma that has, has stacked up and rolled up and it literally replays yeah. itself. And yeah. I have to sit there and I always question like how pathetic I am or it sometimes impacts how I think about my current state. And that's yeah. what they get into triggering and stuff like that. And you can kind of get zoned out of the yeah, present yeah. because that happens. Like, and that happens to both Abby and Ellie. So what you guys yeah. are both saying happens in your life. It happens to both of them. Abby zones out or has these very vivid dreams of trying to get down the hallway to save yeah. someone she loves yeah. and yeah. she keeps failing. And same thing with Ellie. And eventually it's not just the flashes of Joe Lang there. It's like her getting down the steps. So she can't get in the room and yep. all that kind of, both of them are desperate to save someone they love, even though they failed on that already. So they keep having that same reminder. And the moment that Abby sees something differently, I think she changes. Cause you know, every time she goes in there, it's either her dad laying there in blood or it's Yara and Zev hanging there. She needs to save them. And eventually she opens the door and it's her dad standing there smiling at her. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. And eventually and this is until the very end of the game. This is when Ellie makes a decision. She had been just seeing Joel dead, suffering. She needs to make someone pay. And then, boom, her flashback is him sitting on the porch playing guitar. Yeah. Just real quick. And she makes a different decision there at the very end. So right, it's, right. I think both of them have a shift in what's important when all of a sudden they're, those moments, are instead of being filled with violence and that trauma moment, it's filled with something peaceful. It's like that yeah. peaceful memory of that person. You know, Abby sees her dad as a doctor. Ellie sees Joel sitting there playing his guitar on the porch. Boom, it just totally shifts. When did they play the memory? Was it before the end where you play the memory of Ellie and Joel and they have that That part's at the very that's end. The that's okay. at the very, very she end. But the there's, a, yeah. there's a quick flash. Well, just to kind of jump ahead a little bit, there is a final, final battle in Santa Barbara, which we'll get to the details of in a second, but... Ellie has a very important flash there that makes her change what's about to happen. And that she flashes yeah. instead of to see Joel's smashed in head and face looking at her. Peaceful. It's a quick shot of him on the porch, which by the way, you're right. A little bit after that, they show that full scene yeah, of yeah. him on the porch playing guitar, but there's a quick flash right there of him playing guitar on the porch. And that's when she stops. And it's the same thing with Abby. I think she stops shortly after that quick flash of seeing going down the hallway and it's her dad alive and happy so there's something is, peaceful about that i was gonna say this is really cool that we talked this through because i actually didn't even piece this together i pieced the the memories cycling yeah, yeah but yeah. i never pieced together that they were evolving and how they were remembering because i can relate to that because like i said i replay memories now i have a whole i have a bunch of memories it's not just one scene i play over and over but it's a bunch of memories but now if you would ask me what was my thoughts on them two years ago, I would have a different version of them than I are now. Correct. Right. Two yeah. years ago, they represented brokenness, betrayal, hurt, frustration, anger, all that rage, whatever. Now I look back and I'm, I'm like, I, I don't care. Yep. In fact, I question like, why are you even here? Why are you replaying? I don't care about you anymore. I don't care about the situation anymore, mm -hmm. but it's still there. Um, so it, it, the reason I, I meant bring that up is because I think it's pretty cool that the game is saying it's replaying, it's replaying, and the further along they get, the more they forgive, the more they see things differently, 
then it changes the outcome of something that's been replaying over and over. And that is true. It does take time, but it also takes an active effort of yeah. seeing the situation differently. If well, you just also, accept it as the same, you get the same result. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's also like, I mean, again, not being in a post-apocalyptic world, it's easy to just be like, well, let me try to find a therapist who can help me through this trauma, through Correct. this grief. But we're in a post-apocalyptic world. They're just processing and, it on their own. And, yeah, and well, the violence is constantly around them. So yeah. for, it's just something you kind of have to force yourself to do, which I think they each have their, their second where th- that happens. And they yeah. just, you know. Yeah. So we, we know that uh, Ellie does eventually go, and Dina begs her to stay, like Derek mentioned, but she goes. And then it jumps to Santa Barbara, which was a kind of a refreshing environment to be in. Don't get me wrong. I loved the yeah. foresty green environments of Seattle and, and all the other places in the, in the first game. But this one was unique. It was very brown and yellow, very beachy, yeah. but also very dry, you know, very arid sunny. climate, very sunny. You're right by the ocean. I just thought it was a very cool shift. Yeah. Um, and I liked it. So you control Abby and Lev at first as you kind of – at first I was like, oh, what are we doing here with these two? But it basically just shows them getting captured by this new group called the Rattlers. Again, if they do a DLC or a part three, I think the Rattlers. I think, isn't it the Rattlers? Something yeah, like that. I think it's the Rattlers. They're going to be a pretty key part of it, I think. They seem like the next big evil group, but who knows? Who knows? Prior um, to that, though. They, what's that? In, inside the house, in the basement. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they do – They they're tracking down a lead for the Fireflies. That's why yes. they're there. Yep. And so they go down there and they get on the this the long the short version is they get on the ham radio and make connection with someone and they give them directions on what, how to come find us. You know we're yes. regrouping. There's over 200 of us and we got hope, right? As yes. from Abby and and Lev's perspective at least we have hope. So as they're leaving that house though, hope is dashed because Lev gets brutally punched and smashed yeah. against the garage yeah, right door. In the garage door. Dang, that yeah. was a rough one. And that then was... Abby gets held down by multiple people, which is what it takes to hold her down and beat yeah. to a pulp. And then it jumps over to Ellie, who arrives in California. Finds the boat. Finds the boat. She's got the, you know, she's got her leads. And so then you go through a number of areas that Derek was mentioning. You've got a lot of gameplay ahead of you in California, which I think is cool. There's multiple, you know, uh, houses and kind of large mansions, even fort-looking places, some trains. Yeah, There's all kinds of stuff to go through. Um, and you can fly through it. You could, I stealthed through a bunch of it, and it went really fast. Yeah. When I do it a second playthrough, I'm going to be more because uh, I missed some stuff. I know there's a workbench you have to find for a trophy, things like that yeah. that I missed. So I'll be more meticulous the second time through, but I really wanted to get to the end. So I was, I found it pretty easy to distract and stealth along the yeah. side for most of those sections. But anyway, um, and there are some interesting things there too. The Rattlers keep uh, infected as, as pets and or yeah. trophies or guard dogs or whatever. Yep, yep. And uh, I think they oftentimes infect their defectors on purpose too. Like if, if yeah. someone tried to escape, they'll get them infected. Sometimes they're yes. pretty brutal group. This is a pretty brutal yeah. group, which you can use to your advantage. Cause you can actually, uh, release the chain. Like if you sneak up close to them, the chain yeah, is like, and they wipe out. A good amount. By the way, you don't have yeah, to sneak yeah. up to the chain. You can just use a silenced weapon to shoot it. Oh, okay. Or that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It backfired once the first time I snuck up and they weren't facing me. And then the second time, I snuck up and they turned and faced me, and so they actually <laughs> chased me and they ended up catching me and killing yeah. me. Yeah. Like, oh, sure. Yeah. So in that in that well, final section where there's there's two clickers that are chained to this to a similar spot, so yep. I just shot those two chains, 
and set chaos happening one direction and was able to sneak through that building really easily. Funny that you're right near them though, and some they just don't acknowledge you if you're behind them, and they just go straight towards I guess where everybody where, is. Well, I was also hiding in the grass, moving super sure. quietly, so the clickers weren't aware I was even there. They turned to look at the gunshot noise with the silencer after you know after I shot the thing, wow. and then they turned around and saw guards and just went after them and. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. Um, but eventually you do find you you find the prison. Oh, because you do find the big Rattler guy. That trap, by the way, that Ellie gets caught in is brutal. Oh, yeah. The, the branch right on the side. Oh, my gosh. Dude, that made me go, no, because yeah. I thought that's a death wound right there when I first that saw it. That part is hilarious, though, because she's just on the ground. They find her, and she's Dude, on the she, ground. She's being, awesome. She's just being such a wise ass. Like. I love it, though. I love it so much. I love that she laughs at the guy and yeah. makes him lose his temper. Yep. And he decides to try to scare her yep. by bringing her close to the clicker that's hanging there. And she just quickly turns the tables on him, gets him bit, uses that guy's silenced submachine gun to shoot Big Fella. Shield. And uh, and boom, that part was, was so cool. I was like, man, yeah. Ellie really is my favorite. Like, she yeah. really is my favorite. By the way, at this point... She just looks stronger and like more action hero ready. She looked a little more jacked, right? Yeah, like obviously not to Abby's level, but she's got kind of that wiry, muscly frame going on. That she kind of reminds me of like a Laura Croft build from the new games. Like, yeah, yeah. She's ready. That she could like I would believe Lara's it that she can take guys down. Well, yeah. Lara's hotter. Lara's hotter. I agree with that. You're but just, you're such a hot. Um, anyway, she gets the information from the big dude before he dies that they're keeping prisoners in this round building. So you you work your way there, and the short version is she finds prisoners that tell her that Abby tried to escape, and she's down at the pillars, and she's probably dead by now. Yeah. So it's like the pillars, and they're like, you'll you'll not see them. Yeah. Know when you yeah. get there, dude. They, they, these rattlers are they suck. They're the yeah. worst. Yeah, yeah. So I do like that you freed the prisoners, and they all got armed up and went and just caused chaos. And you I can love hear that. it in the background. Oh, like, it's fantastic. Please like, go. Oh, the, the prisoners escaped. Yeah, and go kill all of them. That's great. Because yeah. they're clearly evil. They're making these prisoners do all the work, and they're, they're yeah. slaves because yeah, they're yeah. also starving them and stuff. Yeah. So you do find Abby, and what did you guys think when you saw her hanging on that pillar, you know, barely clinging to life? What did you think uh, when you saw her? Very uh, Passion of the Christ. Just everybody <laughs> everybody very, hanging but, up on the poles. So I was paying attention to, like, her demeanor. And, yeah. of course, when you've been worn down physically that way, it changes you mentally and emotionally and that was you've already seen her character kind of go from if you look at her entire arc super evil kind of cool rescue people but still angry and then once you meet her at the very very end she's, she's defeated she's oh yeah defeated well, and she's been she a slave for you know Month. They, said, they said they've had her for a few months i think yeah and they basically she basically tells ellie i'm not doing this you want to kill me, kill me, but I'm not doing this. So thankfully, well, Zev is still hanging on to life too, right? So she, as soon as Ellie cuts her down, basically like, I want to fight you one last time, but Abby just looks at her and then goes and gets Zev down. Well, that's that's what I was going to say. It's, it's, it's interesting because she cuts her down, and there's almost like a demeanor between the two of them. Like for a second, they're almost like buddies because I, I, she doesn't want to fight her immediately or she doesn't Well, they're really... both horribly wounded, right? Yeah, they're both kind of like, dude, like we're just – we can't do this right now. Let's just walk towards the boat. That's what it seems like because – okay, yeah. so she picks up Lev. I thought this was interesting. This yeah. is where in my mind Abby has made that full arc, Derek. You just mentioned. I totally agree Yeah. to being like – like, I don't think Abby is right now at this point in her life, at this point in her story, she's not interested in who got who worse yeah. and when. Right, right, yeah. She is just like, whoever it is that helped me survive, I, you know, she actually says to Ellie, 
the boats are over here. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah, right. like almost an invitation to escape. If not with us, you can also escape. It's very interesting that she yeah, did yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and so you follow her. Of course, you're both in real bad shape. And then you get to what I think is at least scene-wise one of the most striking moments even though it's very foggy right there's not a ton of detail all around you but i kind of loved that it's right on the edge of the beach it's in the shallow water and you got these two boats and they're both floating there which is of course the beginning of the game you see a boat floating that's that's the connection there i thought that was cool yeah um and they ellie walks to the boat and i thought for a second like is this it they're both gonna sail off in their own different directions or are we are we good but she has that one more yep. memory flash before the peaceful one we talked about earlier. This is one more of Joel laying there because she looks at the blood in her hand. Yep. And then flashes to the blood that was just all over Joel. The anger comes back. And then she's like, no, we have to, basically we have to do this. And she yep. threatens Lev's life to get Abby to fight. Yep. Which, guys, I'll be honest with you, that's more of a villain move yeah. than a good guy yeah. move. Well, she, w- she wanted to antagonize her. She's like, listen, if you're not going to do what I'm asking you, I'm going to – Yeah, because – like yeah. I said, she had already said, not going to do this. Yeah. Like, let's just go our own way. So I, I don't care anymore. Even though, for the whole game and even when the game's over now, I am an Ellie fan and I want to know more about her and follow her story. In that moment, I was 100% behind Abby's decision-making there. Like she's... I don't think she was going to hurt Lev, to be honest. I don't think she was. I think she would. I, I think, think she, she wanted to. to. I think, but I don't know. Just to instigate a fight, I mean, honest, just because you need to finish out your revenge. I mean, that's just, ugh. That, that I did not like. Um, and I'm so I'm glad it ended the way it ended, which, by the way, is a really brutal fight, to Derek's point. Very repetitive, you know, punching and slicing fight, but so rough. Like, so many cuts and bruises, and eventually you get two of your fingers bitten off oh, by Abby. Yeah. <laughs> that was rough. Yeah. I mean, to, to be fair, she owed her a bite because Ellie bit her pretty good. By the way, I thought for a minute when she bit her, like, oh, could she infect people? But no. Yeah, because no. um, I did think that for a second. Is this yeah. how Abby goes? Does she foreshadowing though for the very final scene? She, her taking her two fingers. Yep. So she bit off two of Ellie's fingers. Um, and then the fight basically wraps up with Ellie having her Abby totally defeated and under the water. It's like a foot of water, so it's like that shallow, but you could totally be killed yeah. in it. And she can, they can just see right into each other's eyes, basically. Yeah. She's drowning her. Yep. And, just, and that's when that final flash happens. It's almost like she hits this peace moment yep. of Joel on the porch and doesn't need to kill her. And I don't know why exactly they did it that way in that exact moment. Like, why did it take that long? But there's something about this peace that comes over, or at least uh, she's resolved that I don't have to kill Abby to find, yeah, to get past this. And she lets her go. And without another word, Abby just jumps in the boat, disappears. So I do have her. a problem with this i'm not gonna sit here and pretend like i was satisfied the first time when i saw this i was like okay this game has been a masterpiece and perfect until this part i was like i have serious problems with multiple things first i have a problem with again you just killed fifty thousand people to kill this this girl you now find her in a state where she cannot even defend herself she has no desire to fight you just you're kill her. still you're still angry you want to kill her but you don't then you make the decision okay i'm gonna let her go so even though i can buy into the psd ptsd thing for a little bit for it to flip that much in such a short amount of time and then you have the actual boss fight and the whole fight is you have these two people that are almost dead 
fighting each other. Like I thought they should have like, if you're gonna do this, which I didn't agree with them doing in the first place, but if you're gonna do this, make it a really short boss fight. Like one that's a little more realistic where it's just basically like a couple hits and yeah. then it goes to a cutscene and plays out. But to drag it out, like they're both full health. And again, I understand how to separate video game and reality. Well, this there's also thing. adrenaline. Adrenaline's a real thing. It's yeah. a real thing, but when you're sunburnt and basically dead like Jesus Christ, you're not going to rise again. Like, <laughs> Jesus, you're done. Passion of the Christ. You're done. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And they I, do, yeah. while this game is not 100% realistic, we understand that it is still built on a lot of foundations of reality. And I just feel like they kind of just some of the decisions at the end did not go with everything so does it not make sense to you that in that moment she just does she just decides after everything that just happened that just flopping that fast and then the fact that these two women had the opportunity to kill each other at least three or four times in this game and neither one of them did it that's where i was kind of like as for me I know you guys were rooting against one of them dying. I was rooting for somebody to die. So for there to be nobody dying and you <laughs> played this out, it almost felt like the last five or six hours of the game was pointless. It was like, I was even, I even asked. So I was like, why did we do this? But I so, think what, for me, why it wasn't pointless was that you they found resolution outside yeah. of killing somebody. So I like, understand they killed a lot of other people. You're right. That that part is like that's an, a naughty dog. Well, that's all video games, but especially naughty dog, yeah, yeah. Uncharted and stuff. You mow through enemies like crazy. But if it's a named character with a voice actor, then all of a sudden you, we should care about it. I, I hear you, and that's totally valid, 100%. But I do think it's possible to resolve that trip. That all that time and energy that Ellie put into making that trip could be resolved with a final confrontation that doesn't end with her actually killing somebody. I can see how that still resolves. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It's it It's hard with all the other deaths. The only thing I could think of, like, I could try to logically make an excuse. And I know they try to use the flashback as the reasoning. Because if they didn't have a flashback, they wouldn't have a reason. But um, is when, when they last met, Ellie was actually the one that was defeated. So she was at the mercy of Abby. And this time, it was reversed. Yeah. And so now that's even part of it she, too i think yeah even though she wasn't going or didn't end up killing her the fact that she can walk away and say well i could have it well, was I up mean, to me it's also it's also just the basic concept of which is how i felt with the scenario that i described earlier it, it, nothing was going to bring back joel she can take this woman's life she can take a billion lives and nothing's going to bring back joel Yep. So it, nothing's gonna sedge, uh, 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 quench that that thirst of of revenge and anger and and just so yeah and 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 plus the having that I I totally calming visions you know I'm just saying the way it was yeah. written out yeah like, yeah yeah really it took you all the way to here so again the only thing that I can logically piece together for me personally is go for me again I can only use my own personal story without getting into it because nobody needs to hear it over and over but. One of the things is I didn't need, even though I wanted revenge on certain people in my life, like I had legit reasons to want like actual revenge, not murder, but like get them back in some way. The only thing that stopped me is knowing that I had already beat them. Does that make sense? If I was losing to them, if I felt like I lost to them, then I would have gone and done something to them. Yeah. I would have found some way to manipulate. I'm real good at that. But because I felt like I had already beat them, I had hurt them. 
and I saw it on their face, that was what allowed me to walk away. So the only thing I can personally logically piece together is as she's choking her, as she's got her and she knows she's pretty much on her last seconds of living, and then that flashback comes in, is her saying, okay, this cycle is pointless, right? But it's also, I beat you. I beat you. Yeah. And that's when she lets her up and goes, because that's how I think. As long as I'm winning, you can go on with yourself. I don't need to, I'm not going to sit there and track you down for the rest of your life. But if I'm losing, bet your ass I'm going to find a way to come back to you <laughs> and I'm going to win. So yeah. you guys remember what I'm saying, because if you betray me, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm going to beat you. You're, you're never going to beat, you can't beat me. I'll just punch you in your little twig and twig and berries uh, down there, tucked in. Everything, <laughs> everything we're talking about here is, I think, like as I'm hearing, because I think you're making valid points. It's I, different every, views, right? Everything I'm hearing is why, in my mind, now that we're kind of wrapping this conversation up, I think The Last of Us Part Two is one of the best games ever made. Yeah, and I agree. I, and I think it might have, maybe even far and away, but it might have the best character development, character study. Maybe not overall storyline. You can compare that with others. There's lots of other good storylines out there. But as far as like character development and really digging into psychology, but I mean, it's right up there with the best ones I've ever played. Yeah. I think, um, uh, as you mentioned, I don't and know. it's making us talk about it is what I was getting at is that like you've yeah. got this viewpoint, like why would like, we're talking about motivations and what would you do? And it's bringing in real life things that we've experienced. Yeah. Dude, that is a masterpiece of a, of a movie or TV show, let alone a video. Video games don't do this to us usually. Yeah. Video games rarely bring this out. This is something that if you're watching a documentary or a moving uh, film of some kind, yeah. maybe. But it this... drives me crazy. All these people saying this, the game is is terrible and and blah blah, and the story sucks. And it's like, no, I don't think anyone's actually legitimately. No, you have to just ignore that. It, That's you know? just noise. That's just well, idiots thinking. We talked you know? about this. Uh, I don't think we did it last week, but a couple weeks ago, we were talking about how people criticize The Last of Us, the original sure. the story, because it's just like a fetch quest and stuff like that. And then I made the observation that. You literally hear that about anything that's popular. You have this small little group that just like criti criticizes stories and video games or even movies or whatever. And they just say, all it is is one long fetch quest. All it is is one long revenge story. All it is is this one evil entity trying to wipe out, wipe out the universe. Yes, that's all true. There's only so much you can do with the overarching arc, right? There right. really is only so much you can do. What separates all these stories is what Tim just hit on, and that is we're not dissecting the story, really. We're explaining it. We're going, okay, this is what happened from this scene to this. Yeah. But what we're really dissecting is the motivations of the characters, and we're yeah. also dissecting the characters that are along this journey with them and what their motivations are or what they were thinking or what they were going through. So it's all about character. And as long as you have interesting characters and you, they have realistic motivations, and if you notice, everything I questioned was just stuff I felt like wasn't realistic, but I could accept or I could at least try to find a different point of view. Yeah. I, I guarantee you, I'm, I'm not just saying this, I guarantee you if I would have played this game three years ago, I would have loved it, but I would not be talking about the end of the game the way I'm talking about it now. Because yeah. I had no experience with trauma ever. Ever. I've lived the white privileged life. I've never <laughs> experienced trauma. Yeah. No, I think I, I think that's true of a lot of us. Is uh, yeah. 
until you hit a certain point, the, the things, these types of things are going to make you approach it differently. That is, that is for sure. The thing that I think that Naughty Dog did here successfully, we talked about the characters, of course, the writing is immaculate. Like I can't think of a way they could have written these characters, but it's just so, so good. Um, but they've also, they've triggered all kinds of different, not triggers the wrong word, I guess, but they've made us all feel all kinds of things playing. Oh, this yeah. game. You feel gut punches, you laugh at you are like, at times you want to just, stop playing because it's just too much it's too heavy um they're all over the place and you're supposed they, to feel uncomfortable they make you feel uncomfortable but they also make you feel real deeply for each of these characters and you oh, yeah. want things and by the end i mean maybe it's just me but i was in hook line and sinker on being truly split on who i like derek you mentioned like i feel like someone's gonna die at the end i felt that same way too especially after ellie left the farm and Dina pretty much said, like, if you come back, this might not be here waiting for you type of a thing. Yeah. So in my mind, Ellie gave up the happy, happily ever after ending to go back to wrap the story up. And I honestly thought one of them was going to die as that final battle started kicking in. Yeah. I thought one of them is going to die here. And it, dude, I was truly split on who I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be Ellie to win, I guess, because I was controlling her. But other I than think that... We're... Well, I think we're loyal to Ellie. And I, can't I am guess. loyal to her. Yeah. yeah, but that goes back to because we have history with her. Yeah, and, yeah, the, yeah. and Neil knows that. Neil knows that we're all going to side more with Ellie, even if we like Abby. There's going to be some type of deeper connection with Ellie. We know her story from a younger age, a lot more intimate. Um, and we know everything she's gone through. I also want to touch on, because we are at the very end, and we got to wrap this up, but at the very end, they do sell off in their own directions, but we do get to see Ellie's story finish off, and that is she goes back to the farm, and her probably her worst fear, because when she left, yep. Dina did warn her, but she did tell her, I love you, but I got to do this. So she wanted her to know, like, I don't want you to leave me. I still love you, but this has to be done. Otherwise, I can't live here. You're just going to have a miserable version of me here. Yeah. And so she leaves. She does this thing. Now she comes back, and her house is all empty except the boxes of things that Ellie owns. And she has her guitar, and she walks over, picks up the guitar, and she goes to play it, and guess what's missing? Yep. The, the fingers, fingers on her left hand that would allow her to play the guitar. So not only did she use... And it doesn't those, sound as good. You notice that? Like there's yeah, a bunch well, right. of like muted strings. It doesn't sound quite as good. Yeah. It so she much. loses not only the love of her life and her family, but she lost her hobby. So she l literally loses everything for Well, not just her so, hobby, her last remaining connection to Joel. To, to Joel. Because she would... Throughout the and game, she leaves it there. We didn't, yeah. yeah, we didn't touch on it, but the, all throughout the game, anytime she would pick up a guitar, which she had a lot of opportunities to, to pick it up in the theater, is uh, she starts playing the song Joel played for her. So yeah. she knows that song, or whoever wrote it, I don't remember who wrote it. If, that, if I were to ever leave you, I would lose myself. That yeah. that line is the main line. Or so no, that, if you were to ever leave, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. But that's that's her connection to Joel. So now she's lost that, and she's lost her family. So that's yay. That's how it ends. <laughs> I mean, at least as far as it's we real know, uplifting ending. <laughs> I do wonder, like maybe Dina moved back with because she had some correspondence oh, yeah. with Jesse's family. It looked like uh, Jesse's yeah, yeah, parents. Yeah. Yeah. So logically, I think she's probably back in Jackson and living there with yeah. family. But that being said, it's safe to assume I think that her and Ellie's relationship is probably over i mean that's pretty damaging when you say choose me choose this happy life with me now 
or choose your revenge vendetta. And yeah. she, maybe for good reason, right? She's struggling. She cannot get out of her head. She knows she's going to just keep suffering and it's going to affect D- Dina and the, and the kiddo eventually. I get it. But yeah, I think Dina. And I don't think he wanted to just end it on a sad note, just to end it on a sad note. I think he's trying to really punch us in the gut with the same notion that if you continue down this cycle, if you continue to make these choices to allow hatred and revenge to control you, you will lose everything. You'll pay, you'll pay the price for it for sure. So let me ask you guys this. uh, What did you think in the end of Abby's fate of riding off uh, on the boat with Lev, both of them pretty, pretty close to death, but it looks like probably going to survive and likely going to go find those fireflies now. What do you think of their fate? You okay with that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it leaves open um, an More opportunity. For them, right? Yeah. yeah, see, that's the other thing is now you could, and I'm not saying they'll do this, but now you've you've concrete, you've now got two main protagonists that I think most people like. So you can now make two separate games or you can continue their stories in one game. They have a ton of options now because they're now going their own way, but they're still in that universe. Yep. Or you can just simply be like, hey, Ellie's arc is done, but we're not done with Abby and Lev. I feel like there's still got to be something there with Ellie, though, because, again, she is potentially the cure for humanity, so it could circle circle back around to that somehow. Now that more people know, because before it was a secret, now people know. I mean, it could be a thing where, you know, Abby certainly by now has pieced together who Ellie is, and maybe in another installment she's actually assigned by the Fireflies to go get her. Who knows? You know, who, who knows what... Yeah. What could happen there? But um, what about Ellie's fate with coming back empty? Like happily ever after is no longer there when she comes back. I'm I mean, okay I, with that. I think it's like yeah. I said, it's you you get what you you reap what you sow. And while I do empathize with her because of the flashbacks and all the pain and PTSD and all that, it's still a choice. You can either choose to run back to your old ways of thinking and living, or you can choose to to start over and Dina was begging her to start over and move forward. And she chose not to. But it does make you wonder too, if she had come back and Dina and baby were still there, is Ellie now totally cured or is she always going to feel that restlessness and that itch to get out there? And it's just well, like I you hear about for a lot of soldiers who go through PTSD, even if they overcome. She'll, yeah. she'll sabotage herself over she'll and over. I do it now. I, I, I still self-sabotage all yeah. the time. Um, all right, last question I have for you, uh, and then you guys, if you have any other things you want to wrap up with, let me know. But um, now that you have the full context of the entire story up to this point, at least, are you okay with the way Naughty Dog handled Jill, Joel's fate? Joel, who was – I'm with you, Derek, one of my favorite characters too, and I just an awesome character from the first one. Despite some of his decision-making at the end, which I still don't necessarily feel like I would do differently if it were my daughter. I don't know. Yeah. All that to say – what do you guys are you guys okay with Joel's fate with the way it went down as well as just what happened in general with him dying? I mean, I I feel like it just I feel like it had to happen I guess for how this story play, uh, played out and I mean he was so much older like I don't know how you could have him in the story in an interesting way like he's like what in his fifties at this point. Yeah, just he's hobbling around like fighting. I thought, I like, think he was like in his early fifties and um. In the last though, so he's probably mid fifties. He he moved around pretty well for a early fifty year old. I mean, if you if you do the math, he had a thirteen year old daughter, right? Yeah. Uh, at the beginning of the game, and then it jumps to twenty years later. So, 
sure. it's pretty safe to say he was mid to late 40s in the first game yeah, yeah, and then yeah. probably young 50s in this one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just I, – I, I personally would have liked for him to be in the game a bit more and then for perhaps him to meet that fate. Um, okay. You know, if, if, if that's going to be the angle that you go with, like Joel needs to sort of exit this world in, in that sort of a fashion – I would have preferred him being in the game a bit longer. I, I do okay. feel like there was a little bit that we were robbed of that in the flashbacks. of the flashbacks, right? Yeah, right. We're, we're nice, but it almost like the the punch to the gut was almost like doubled with the flashbacks because like oh like I missed. I think that. that's what they were gonna go. They're for. manipulating your emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they wanted to hit you in the gut in the beginning and then keep reminding you of how they're hitting yeah. you in the gut. But also, it was again the theme is what kept Ellie going in her little cycle. Yeah. Um, and so I think they had to hit us early with it. I 100% agree with it them doing sense. it early. Yeah. Again, yeah, I don't think Daniel's fighting against like, oh, they they effed up. No, I think yeah, they no. they did it right. Even if we wanted personally for him to be alive longer. Again, I said I thought Dina was going to be the one that died, and I thought Joel would like basically hurt him, and Tommy would be like, no, don't go after them. Blah blah blah. But she would sneak off, and then Joel and Tommy would go after her. Um, yeah. So I did think Joel was going to be in the game longer. I did expect him to die, but I'm complete. I actually prefer how they did it, and I think the way they actually executed him, the terrible way they did it, was actually awesome. Like I'm not because I'm like Joel needs to pay. I'm saying it made you feel even more empathy for him, and it also made you feel, I think. Ellie's pain and he had to die that way because Ellie had to feel and she had to see it and feel it in order to set the stage for the story so it had to happen early and it had to happen when it did because or the way it did so we could set the stage for the story now the thing they they could have done is chopped some of this other stuff and made it a little bit tighter and we could have had a probably a 20-hour narrative that probably dude i'm okay with it though i yeah and maybe it's listen i'm i'm a busy person i've got a full-time job and a big family (laughs) but i still like when games tell a nice long story i don't necessarily want them to be rushed unless your game sucks like if it's not fun to play your game and i kind of just want to see how the narrative ends okay cool wrap it up keep it short no problem if your game is but if your game is fun to play which this game is fun to play tons of upgrades it's a blast to play I was not in a hurry. And that's one thing that kind of, I have big question marks for folks who are like, I just wanted it to end. It was going on too long. And I'm like, why are you in a hurry? Like what? Don't, yeah, then I, don't play it. If you don't want to play it right now, give it time when you actually want to play it. That's what I would encourage folks. If, if you're just in the mode where you're like, I don't know if this is the game I want to play right now. It's totally fair. You don't have yeah. to want to play it. But when you do get around to it eventually, just dude, just let it sit. Just take your time with it and enjoy it and do not try to rush it. Cause I, I don't think you're going to enjoy it as much if you're just trying to rush through the whole thing. No, the fun of it is exploring and finding and looting things and then getting the upper hand on. Here comes the next big story moment. Yeah, that's what makes it good. I do wish the areas were maybe just a bit smaller so it did shave off like a couple of hours. Um, But no, definitely not. I didn't feel like I needed to rush because I was like, oh, I hate this part. I need to get to the next part by any means. Yeah. I just think it maybe think... would have been a bit tight, uh, even a, even more tighter experience. Yeah, if, that's fair. You know. And that was my complaint last week, and I don't stand by it now. Because <laughs> now that I'm in my second playthrough and I know the area a little bit better, 
I actually don't think the, the areas are that big at all. I'm like, okay, what the heck was that? So I think if you go back and play it, you'll be like, this wasn't as big as I remember. At least that's how. That's what that's she how said. I, I was, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. That's what all my ex girlfriends said. Not as big as I remember. Zing. But, um, but that's the the point is is that I I'm flying through it more because I'm like uh, I already yeah. know that building's empty or it's, yeah. uh, it's not even open, so I don't even need to walk over there. Yeah, we don't give uh, scores to games that we talk through with our impressions or or spoiler casts, but. If I had to give this one a score, I, I don't see how I could give it less than a 10 out of 10. And that's not to say that um, I didn't hit. I did hit a weird glitchy moment here or there. I remember trying to stealth, and then when I went prone into the water, the game couldn't handle it with a certain spot I was in, and it kind of like jig-jagged around. And so, yeah, sure, there's certain little corners of the game you can find that are a little sketchy. And, yeah, there were a couple, we talked about a couple of story loopholes that I'm like, I don't know why they ignored that piece. But, guys, these are minor, 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 minor gripes. I mean, I, I would still give it a 9.5. I give it a 10. But what, what's what's the drawback for you? The melee, the melee. I think the um, melee boss encounters, but also oh, that was just fun. melee fighting. Was okay, fair enough. Dan, what would you give it? Yeah, I'd probably give it a, a 10. Again, it just maybe it just maybe even again just somehow shaving a couple hours off somewhere just to make yeah. it, it just a little bit tighter. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah awesome. definitely. Yeah, an amazing game. Every, everyone is. who says it's a terrible game or badly written is just a dumb idiot. They so are idiots. Look in the mirror and look at your dumb idiot face. <laughs> I, I would have to agree. Even though I'm like always about letting people think what they want, I really think people <laughs> that, that say this game is trash or the story is trash, to me it's two types of people. Either one, you haven't played it, or two, you're just anti-anything popular and you're trying to be cool and relevant. You're not. You're not relevant. Yeah, you just anybody, don't understand. There's anybody on this podcast that would try to find a reason to hate this game, especially SJW stuff. It's me, and I did not side with you guys or or love this game just to to be in the in crowd. If anything, I hate being part of the in crowd. But the even the SJW stuff was very minimal. Yes, yeah, they like have where, a transgender character, but honestly, yeah. he's not out and about like, hey, check me out. No, I is. didn't think there was any SJW stuff. Yeah. stuff. I didn't. I didn't feel preached it's to. Very. It's it's very subtle. Which, we already knew she was gay from the from the DL. No, I'm talking about Lev. It's very subtle. Uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's. It's still not anything. But it's part, that it, to me, that's part of the story. They didn't just right. include it randomly. Like it actually triggered a pretty big like element of the story. Like if they could have had a scene where like they they were like inserting a, a penis on them or something, then yeah, we got. I've got Jesus. an issue. <laughs> oh my like, gosh. That they're Lord. basically saying this is a religious cult that has these rules and that they're and this is all real. Like as yeah. a Christian, no Christians don't force people into certain roles, but back in the day they did. They were forcing you to be a bride, and she resisted that. That's realistic. It's a Mulan story. It's a mature Mulan story. That's all it is. Yeah, with less it. with less uh, singing. All right. Well, that wraps us up for our Last of Us Part Two spoiler cast. I know we went late. This is a long episode. That's fine with me. I I love this game a lot. I'm gonna keep playing my new game plus in conjunction with some other stuff all the way up until Ghost of Tsushima. Hey, suck. Sucker right. Punch, you're, the bar is set really high hey, for a PS. Be a different kind of game, all right? I know, but it's for PS. As far as PS4, as like far first as party swan songs. Game of the year. This is clearly my game of the year. 
Oh man. Uh, so it will be hard for ghost ghost of I can't say your name anyway. <laughs> Sushima. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see Sushima. how the rest of this year shakes out. But hey, Last of Us Part Two has made 2020 already a great year for gaming. Although it was already getting better, you know, a okay. little bit better. It was okay. I mean, it was fine. Four but million this, copies this one, in three days, by the way. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Four million. They, they deserve it. They deserve it. All right, dudes, thanks so much for staying up extra late to chat about this stuff. You now need to go to bed because you have work tomorrow, boys. So I will talk to you guys later. Thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Here we go! Well, I do seem to attract the scum of the earth. Yeah, that sounds about right. Watch out! (laughs) Boy, you are not ready. Do what you were born to do. You are a hero. Finishing this fight. Derek, thanks for jumping on right after your run. Is your heart slowing down yet? I'm burning up. All right, use your adrenaline to per the usual. Am I right, ladies? Go ahead. Don't, for, don't forget the gays. We're in June, bro. Okay. <laughs> Pride never stops. Let me try that again. Say, say I'm burning up stopped. again, bro. Go ahead. I'm burning up, bro. <laughs> per usual, am I right, ladies and gay dudes? Uh, yeah. Oh, what about transgender? Oh my gosh, we can't do this too many more Jesus. times. Jesus. <laughs> That's the next episode, all right? That's yeah. the next. <laughs>